0: The new Ground Zero, NYC. Coach Patrick Dietz. What's good, baby?
1: What's going on, Big J?
0: Nothing much, man. You were um, we I I remember well before we got on the podcast, before we got on the show, we were talking a little bit about um what's going on on your surroundings and and you know how. The reason why you were like disconnected from most of it. Um, first of all, um, my hearts, my thoughts, and my prayer, my prayers go to you and your family for the loss of your your mom. And as someone who just lost Thank his you. dad right now, I'm really, really sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. She's been, yeah. I know. I know your mom is um, uh, well enough because I live vicarious through you through her. And you, and you always talked about uh, how much of a rock she was. And if you know yep. anything about my dad, we've, we've known each other.
1: Yeah, We've known each yeah, other all forever. our
0: lives. My brother, I mean, that guy taught me how to be a man. So, you know, I was, I was joking with you, like, not, not that it's a competition or nothing, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like anyone that I mean, said, they know how things. you feel.
1: It's one of those things that, that when you lose a parent, you lose a lot, but you gain so much more because you didn't realize just how involved your mental state, your heart state, your spiritual state was with your parents as you were growing up until you lose them. No doubt. And then you're, you hurt for that time that you've lost them. And once, once you come to grips with the loss, once you've come to grips with, I mean, I'm back home right now. Normally I'd be back home. <clears throat> it's two, it's about two 30 East coast time. My mother's home health aide will be getting ready to leave. And I, hear her talking to my mother right now and she'd be getting ready to take her her leave and she'd be talking to my mom watching soap operas and when this pandemic started forget it the two of them were going on and on and on about 45 like he like like I mean if if you if you've ever wanted to hear two black women talking negative about a man (laughs) that was that was the instance right there yeah, um, I've
0: walked into a so, room, a room full of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I grew up in, I grew up in a house full of them at one point in my life. Um, so, so I, I miss those encounters. I missed listening to my mom wake up in the morning. You know, I, I miss. And the running joke in my house used to be, as long as my mother keeps complaining about stuff, we know that stuff's good. And um, it's 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 different right now. It's different because I don't hear her complaining. No. And that is the only thing that hurts. I'm not even gonna lie to you. That is the only thing that Isn't hurts.
0: Isn't that just crazy? That I,
1: don't hear, I don't hear her nagging. I don't hear her complaining about you know, wanting water. I don't hear her complaining about the TV not sounding loud enough. I, I, like those little things, you don't realize just how much they, they, they mean to you until you don't have them anymore. So, yeah, so, so that's affected me. But then on top of that, I'm a real estate agent. And we're, we're talking about the pandemic Real estate agents were considered not really true essential at the beginning, but then they realized, oh, real estate agents are kind of essential.
0: Because people are getting kicked out of that house because they can't
1: pay. Exactly. Their rent. <laughs> well, no, they're not getting kicked out of the house, but they want to move. They want to leave where they're living and they want to go to a better place. So because they want to go to a better place, they need to they need someone to help them get there because they're not allowed to go see it themselves. So now we as real estate agents become essential we're the ones that can do the videos. We're the ones that can go to these places um, with a legal right to show, you know, that kind of thing. And and it it just, it helped boost my business kind of sorta didn't ruin it. But the thing that it really hurt was this, I mean, my heart right here, I mean, it's, it's over my left side, CMSV, College of Mount St. Vincent where I coach. No doubt. I mean, I, uh, I came in to help Courtney Bernstein, who's the head coach. Um, as the interim head coach, while, while she was having her baby. And literally, as we were just finally, t- finally starting to get our, our, our groove into who we, we were, what our identity was, you know what I mean? We lost some guys due to some school issues. Um, and not negative school issues. I mean, like, schoolwork issues. We had one kid who had sold two art pieces to the city of Yonkers. And he had to get them done by the time the school year was done. <laughs> so I mean, the city of Yonkers paid this kid for art, you know, um, and he he got that done in his junior year you know he got he got he got the contract for that in his junior year, and now it's his senior year, and it's the middle of the volleyball season. He's one of our top athletes, and he's like he comes to me he's like, "Coach, and I remember the day that he came to the office it's like i I, I really need to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, talk to me and he goes with all the stuff and, and the 6 a.m. practices and, you know, as soon as I leave here, I'm, I'm, at, I'm in the studio working, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not in bed till 3 in the morning, and I go, I get it. And, uh, he's, like, he's like, wait, be. really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this volleyball team's here for you. I mean, your brothers are here for you. You want to come by practice? Let me know when you want to come by practice. Um, you want to be part of – the family, you're still part of the family. We're, you're 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 my little brother. They're your brothers. We're we're here. We're not going to let you go. We're not going to abandon you. We understand what is more important. You're here. This is a division III school. Okay. You are here to get your degree. Now, if you have the opportunity to go beyond that, I will help you go beyond that because I do know people in the business that that can guide you in the right in the right path to get to. Maybe international play if you ever wanted to do that, but he never wanted to do that in the first no. place. No. But you've got these two huge murals. I mean, I saw them, and and coming from a former graphic artist, because as you know, I went to City Tech. I mean, you were the assistant coach when I was when I was an athlete at yeah. City Tech. So,
0: well, I was actually the. Associate head coach, your, your second year.
1: My second year. So she,
0: she didn't want to go to the meeting, so she
1: she just <laughs> did one of these like, <laughs> like you do it. Congratulations, you're an you're an, Aven- like you're
0: an Avenger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically, congratulations, congratulations, kid, you're an Avenger. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was one of those things where I wasn't going to begrudge the kid, and he's he's not a kid anymore. These, these are adult decisions. Am I going to continue to play volleyball or am I going to go make a life for myself? This is something I love to do. It's a hobby that I have a huge passion for, but it is still a hobby. Right. It is not my life. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to begrudge the kid trying to solve his life and try, one, trying to get his schoolwork done. Cause those two murals were actually submitted as his theses. Yeah. Think about, think about that. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to begrudge him. And then Fast forward, this was what, the end of February, beginning of March. Our school was forward thinking um, because of the conference that were in the Skyline Conference. Yep. Um, The school that was hit the immediate first, the university, Yeshiva University, which was the school that was hit immediately first, Mm -hmm. in our conference, had their men's basketball team in the middle of a championship run up in New England, But our our volleyball programs and all the other programs, lacrosse, uh, tennis,
0: women's softball,
1: swimming, women's softball, Mm. were all put on hold. Because we're in the same conference, our campus, our administration was very forward thinking, immediately shut down our campus, immediately. Because we know that we had a lot of students who frequented the city, came from Yonkers, lived in Rochelle. Probably had contact with a lot of the folks that were going to and from Yeshiva. I mean, as much as they're, they're our closest rival within conference, I mean, just distance-wise, it's a 10-minute van ride.
0: Yeah, tell everybody where Mount St. Vincent is, um, that uh, man, like in relation so, 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 to, so, to New York so, yeah, City.
1: So, yeah, I'll, so I'll backtrack. So if, if people know the five boroughs, if, if this is Manhattan, mm-hmm. this is the Bronx— Yep. <laughs> so the top of my finger is northern Manhattan. That's Marble Hill. Right. Um, where my thumb on my left hand here is pointing mm-hmm. out, that is the Riverdale area. Right. That is how close we are to Manhattan. Right. You're, um, you're just and not- we are literally, if you were to spit across the fenceway on our north side, on the north side of our campus, if you were to spit across the fenceway, you would hit someone in Yonkers. <laughs> It, it, is, it is a 30-millimeter spit, like, spit range to hit someone in Yonkers um, oh, okay. because that's how far north we are in the Bronx. We might as well be the suburbs, um, an urban suburb, as, as, as they like to dub it here in New York. Um, we're in a beautiful 70-acre campus. I'm going to do, do the Selspiel. Now, you gave me the room to do the Selspiel. It's a beautiful 70-acre campus. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a small school it's a really tight in community on top of that, but we're a gated campus in the largest city in yeah. the Northeast.
0: Yeah, pretty right? much. Yeah.
1: So, so, so we, we get, if we get hit with a pandemic, if we get hit with, with anything like this, it, it, it runs through very quickly. I mean, especially when there are no safeguards, but our campus, our leadership on our campus was very forward thinking. They're like, Hey, this schools in our conference. We have a lot of contact with this school. You know what? We're going to shut down right now. All kids, no classes. This, this, this particular week, no practices, no classes, nothing. We're going to inspect and make sure what's going on. Um, a week later, literally a week later, if this was on a Wednesday, the following Wednesday, campus is shut down everyone leave leave your stuff here leave your leave whatever a you've got here it does not matter literally a staff, week later, if this was on a wednesday st- staff you're not allowed in unessential staff especially you are not allowed in i was since i'm the since courtney by this time courtney had returned uh from having her her child um That's right. yeah her, her third her, i think third little oh no little girl because she has two boys um so it's her third child, first little girl. She was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to campus. Hey, Patrick, don't, don't, don't worry. Don't even bother worry about running practice. I, I, we are good. <laughs> they are shutting down the campus. Just go home. Don't, don't, don't get up. And you know, I, 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 every, Literally, everything permeated through every sports team. We all agreed. Yeah. We are. We all understood, and we went home. Um, uh, two months later, my mom dies Mm. Uh, because my mom's my mom has now been dead almost four weeks almost four weeks um so that's been a whirlwind in and of itself we've had family we've done a zoom ceremony for her we've done a zoom service for her we've done a zoom memorial for her um literally i mean if anyone's been on zoom on your phone or on your laptop you see the panels of like, 10, 12 people on screen. We had eight panels of that. That's how many. That's that's how many people my mother had affected over over the time over her time, family and friends combined.
0: Yeah, my I even saw. I even saw. Caitlin's, even saw Caitlin's mom died too. So, right <coughs> right yeah. right before your mom's uh, death and right be right after my dad's. That gray area in the middle. I give you Caitlin Haymont. So wow,
1: yeah. that's and that that that's another one. It's it's like. My mom didn't die because of COVID; she had dementia. Right.
0: My father, um, same. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and, de- and it, it was one of those things where where dementia just kind of, I mean, we saw it progress very quickly, like extremely quickly, uh, and we couldn't stop it. We just couldn't stop it. Um, fast forward two weeks, three weeks after our mom dies. And George Floyd, I am watching this video. Jesus. And no sooner than this video is done, I, I, I don't know if I'm the first person on Facebook to, uh, of, of my friends at least, to... Uh,
0: well, I found out from
1: you. Yeah, so I was probably the first person <laughs> yeah. within our small, not really that small, Facebook um, community, volleyball community, Central Park volleyball community, the Jiva volleyball community, the Northeast volleyball community um, that, that spans from Maine down to the lower Chesapeake. You know, um, if I was the first, I, I apologize, but I don't apologize. No. This, this, this no. was something for me that, and I have friends who are police officers, and I have multiple friends who are police officers, not one or two. Uh, and, and, and it sounds bad that I say it that way because it's, it's just like, and I apologize to all of my Caucasian friends. It, it's, it's just like all, 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 all the, the white folks that say I have black friends, you know, so I have <laughs> friends who yeah. are police officers, Right. I have friends who are police officers and I didn't challenge them in particular. No, I just posted this and, and go, are you, What? Um, we are not a society that has ever been built on level equality, and I'm, I, I use the term level equality as an important term there for me. You're good. Um, because there's perceived equality, and then there's level equality. Level equality is if two people walk into a room, both are viewed the same, both are treated the same and they both can go about their way does not matter how they go they just go it doesn't matter if one goes up one goes down one goes left one goes right they just go however in America minorities are given perceived equality and here's why I say that and this is coming from a black man who's of mixed race who's parents, both of them, are Caribbean. My father and mother are from Haiti. My dad's white Haitian. My mother's black Haitian. My father would have never considered himself a white Haitian, ever. Because my grandmother, his mom, was of mixed race. She was mulatto. So, for her and for him, he's black. And in America, he would be considered black, just based on the laws that, that, just based on the Jim Crow laws. He's more than one-eighth He's actually a full half. I, I believe, no, not even. He's a quarter. So trust me, he's I know. Beyond, mm-hmm. He's beyond that rule. You, Jason, you you yourself, you are one quarter. No, one half. Yeah. So there, you know, I'm one half. So we have perceived equality because we're allowed to walk the streets. We're allowed to do things that we want to an extent. But once we transgress someone as with Amy Cooper and Professor Cooper, literally a week later after George Floyd, we know the disparity within that equality. Don't we know? Yes, we do. We know that one person is seen this big and the other one is seen that big. Now, And I've had great conversations like this with other volleyball heads. Um, Tom Sorensen, yeah. Kevin Barnett, and I had a great conversation in, not in Detroit. I believe it was Orlando. Kevin Barnett and I sat down in Orlando just before he won his gold medal in the sitting, in the, the sitting co-ed championships. Because, you know, an Olympian winning gold medal isn't, is never a shock. Kevin, I see you. I see you, Kevin. Oh, he went to for the city. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, well, he gave it a good yeah, shot in two
0: thousand four, if I remember. You know,
1: he did actually. He did, well, especially, especially Brazil was as the, as not to be
0: Brazil was not to be stopped. <laughs>
1: no, especially with with him at oh one and and Reed at oh two, and the two of them were just like, what are we doing wrong here? Mm. Um, but they were doing everything right, and they still couldn't win. Um, but
0: the Brazil trial was coming. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, no, no that was a, that was an avalanche. That was not a train. Yeah. Um, but Kevin and I once had a good conversation about how do we infuse African Americans into the sport of volleyball. And lo and behold, Match Point this year hands uh, six of the major HBCUs opportunities to start men's volleyball. Um, so. Of, of course, as a, as as a black man in America, my first thought is, and a lot of a lot of our mutual friends are like, "Hey, you got to apply for this. You got you got to go get these jobs." I never really thought of it until I get a call <laughs> from the guy who runs Matchpoint. Bo- Match Matchpoint, and he's like, "Yeah, we want you to send your your resume to this person." I'm like, "Oh, oh okay." Yeah, He's <laughs> like, yeah, me. <laughs> um, sure, I'll, I will do that, sir. Um. A couple of complications, but the the perceived equality is this. If I, as a black man, have this resume and this guy is a white person has this resume and they're the exact identical resume, if the name on this resume says Jamal Thompson, it gets shuffled behind. I have been lucky, because the name on it reads Patrick Dietz. Patrick is this, I mean, you can't get any more Irish than Patrick sometimes, outside of Sean.
0: It's true.
1: Um, And my last name is German. So if someone does the etymology on my name, I'm a white guy. (laughs) You hear, me talk, you hear me talk on the phone, I, 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 I sound Caucasian. I mean, code switching is a thing that you and I have done our whole lives.
0: There's that universal voice and, until, we yeah. yeah. until we get back to Brooklyn. Until we get back to Brooklyn.
1: Or I get back to Far Rockaway and you get this, right? <laughs> but it's when I walk into the office that, that the perception changes. So there's that level of perceived equality. I'm equal on paper until I walk in the door. Okay. Then I'm no longer equal. And you know, this is what we talk about systemic racism. This is what we talk about institutionalized racism. This is, this, is, this is something that I don't think is taught enough at the younger ages. And when I say the younger ages, I'm not talking about, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17. I remember when I was in high school. American American history, you learned everything. Yeah, you, you you learned the good and the bad.
0: Yeah, well said.
1: Um, but I also learned it because I, I went to Catholic elementary school. I learned it in Catholic elementary school in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade because it's part of history. It's part of our nation's history, and it, it doesn't it doesn't get As the term goes, it doesn't get enough pub. No. You know? I remember a few years back, this is when you and I were coaching against each other. Um, No, we weren't coaching against each other. Well, no, we kind of were because you were at CCNY and I was at Mount St. Vincent at the time. Um, Yeah. It was uh, first
0: game, his opening game, opening match. It was a home game.
1: Exactly. Yeah. um... And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, re- I remember back then hearing a story in an article about how slavery was not being taught anymore in Southern high schools. It was being called the War of Northern Aggression. Oh, dear. And so far, from what I've understood, is throughout time, it's permeated beyond the South. And that, that bothers me. That bothers me as a black man. That b- bothers me as an educated black man more than anything. Educa- because, "educated"
0: is the operative word here, Patrick.
1: Yeah, edu- it's edu- not like um, it's not, it's not. The things I've heard about slavery aren't Wives' Tales. They're not. It's not lore. <laughs> you know, you, you know what's lore? What? The Ballad of John Henry is lore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Hulk Bunyan is lore, yeah. <laughs> but Patrick, the I'd li- facts of slavery aren't lore.
0: Patrick, I'd like to chime in for a minute about because um, what you what you said is is steering us a direction that I think it's very important that other people should know. Um, education. I just told you a couple of seconds ago is the operative word. If someone like some of our friends and some of our white friends or what what have you, who are brought up or receiving their news or receive or should I say received opinions they, their opinions are generated by by, by what they're given if their if the knowledge that that is being poured to them is not um it's let's just say it's false let's just say it's true let's just say it's stretched and if you bring them the truth and they still set in their ways. that's very very difficult because one is ignorance, which is kind of forgivable, okay? I'm Patrick, I don't know everything, you don't know everything. Uh, you know we go on this podcast and it'd be like, well um, well, we didn't coach against each other. okay cool <laughs> okay Did, I for, forgot that. Here's the video. <laughs> you're in the bench you're, or you you um, you were watching the game, open the game. So and then there's stupidity. I'll give I, I'd like to give you an example and you can interrupt me at any point you want. I had an argument with someone, and I said this on the podcast on Monday, because Rob and I, it was a sports debate uh, show, but we couldn't because the, f- the the freaking, the fucking city was on fire, okay? Um, <laughs> we, I mean, you really want to talk about MMA or, or, or Lance Armstrong? Who gives a shit about Lance Armstrong right now? Um, so basically, a friend of mine said, listen, he says, I don't want to sound like a racist, but the FBI like has this file like of ethnicity, like the crimes being committed. And he's like, he says, are, were you aware that the stat says, and these are just the facts, because that's, that's what people say. They, they, they use the word facts, um, it's, which is crazy. Um, the facts say that black people are committing more crimes. If you look at the stats. And he says, what's your answer to that? And I said, two words, lurking, variable. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, glad you asked. <clears throat> A steering, us, steering us close to the cliff, but I'm not going to fall off. Bear with me. There's an officer, Sergeant Michael Wood, former uh, uh, Baltimore police department. He quit a few years ago. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. He quit because his precinct captain told him, make arrest. And he's like, but no one's committing a crime. He says, I don't care. I have a quote of the film. Give me three bodies. Any three bodies you want. Where does Michael Wood go? Does he go downtown where the white people are? No. For example, as as New Yorkers, does he go to the Upper West Side, arrest the nearest fucking uh, hipster? No. Uh, uh, people that live in L.A. Do they go to Hermosa Beach and Manhattan Beach? No, no. They, he goes to this neighborhood, and anyone that that looks like the Stereo Crook, a uh, typical crook in a black neighborhood, black man, didn't do anything, jack him up, okay? And if you find something on him. It's ill. It's an illegal search, but the the the, the district attorney's not going to let him know that. Plead out and you get out of jail. He pleads out. Now it's on his record, and now it's an official arrest on the, arrest on the FBI profile. So if you take the lurking variables, and how disproportionately um, black people are are searched or or sought after, um, um, we can use drugs as an example, right? Patrick, I have a question for you. Do white people smoke marijuana? You can Hell take yeah. over
1: in a minute, but do white people smoke marijuana? I I, don't want have, I have never smoked marijuana a day in my life. Me neither. Yet I walk out. I walk out on this street right here in Farakwe, where I mean, mm. it's Farakwe, Queens. Yeah, there, are Caribbeans out here. There are Black people out here. There are Latinos out here. There are white people out here smoking pot on the street. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All the one people look at and go, Yo, bro, you, you got any pot on you, man? You, oh you want my any? fucking like, god! No, I go to no? sing
0: karaoke. Yo, where can I? Do, do you party?" I had I learned some I thought the first time I heard when someone asked me if do you party, I thought I learned some new some new stuff. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I party. You know, I, I was I, like <laughs> I wanna, no, I but, wanna um, let me, you but let me finish. <coughs> let me finish and then, then the floor is yours. So if I bring someone the lurking variables and tell them why the FBI stat says what it says like that. And they understand that they're ignorant. They got educated. They get it, and they need, and and we can have a further conversation, or we can delve deeper into it. But if he just shakes his head, nope. Facts are the facts. Facts are the facts. Those people are called stupid, and those some of those people are beyond reach. And you, I mean, if they're close enough, if they're worth your while, Patrick, you continue to reach out to them. But if they're not, there, there, there's you have other you have other stuff to do. Floors yours. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean. So, what I'm are your thoughts piggyback. about the example gonna, I just gave? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to piggyback with you, say because I agree with it, and I'm going to use I'm going to use an anecdote about myself. It's uh, late, it's late 1989, 88. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the, uh, not the the, the East Side rapist. Remember that? Yep. Back in the day, remember when we were kids? Yes. Just I'm going to just a all boys dude. private no. high school. Catholic high school on the in Midtown East on 33rd street. There used to be a school down there, St. Agnes boys. I used to go hang out with my buddy, Frank, who lived on 91st and second in Knickerbocker towers, the Rupert towers, Yep, which is what they're called. Right. Hmm. Now that's in the heart of, well, it's not really the heart, but it's it's pretty much the heart of the Upper East Side. I mean, two blocks down is Gracie Mansion. Literally two blocks down is Gracie Mansion. <laughs> so, it's somewhere around six p.m. ish. I just left Frank's. I live in Far Rockaway, Queens, because I'm heading back home. I'm going home to go back home to my mom and. I get stopped by two police officers. Stopped by two police officers. I am 15, 16 years old at the time, maybe. Slightly shorter than what I am now, maybe about 5'10-ish. I'm 6'1", 6'2 now, 5'10-ish. Scrawny kid. Scrawny, skinny kid. I mean, you look at my face, you'd have thought a, a stiff wind would have, would have petrified me and knocked me off. All right,
0: so you're thinking the cops stopped you because maybe they could feed you
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought they thought I was homeless and they were gonna take me to a homeless shelter at first Because I was, I was wearing a pretty heavy jacket and this big old book bag on me And I mean big this is packed book bag and it's obvious that's packed And they stopped me Shit. And, and the, the guy the guy goes uh, are you from around here? I'm like, Well, no. do you have id on you? I have my high school id uh, here's my high school idea. Uh, okay, wh- where are you coming from? Um, my buddy lives over there. And being that I had I had friends even back then and family back then who were, who were police officers, <clears throat> I knew how to be respectful police officers. So, so the encounter wasn't bad. But the guy looks at me, looks, looks at me up and down. He goes, you know, you re- do you realize that you fit the description of the East Side Rapist? And I, I did the Scooby-Doo head. I was like, what? Really? How? What's the description? Well, he's described as...
0: Black with a backpack.
1: (laughs) man, Man of negroid complexion. Negroid. Negroid complexion. Because the, Shit. Because the, I wish just, I had someone checking
0: my show. I need to look that up.
1: <laughs> uh, basically a black person. I know. I got it. Possibly an African-American male or Latino. I'm halfway between. Five, nine to six, one. Anywhere between 17 and 30 years old.
0: That is a very difficult job for the police, isn't it?
1: Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So you have just basically trained these men just by that description to go find every black person in New York City. Jack them up. And jack them up. And put them in a bad place. Where are you from? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing around here? I live in that building. I knew two guys who lived on the Upper East Side, both of them lawyers, both of them lawyers, African-American men. Both of them played volleyball with us in Central Park.
0: Yeah. Lawyers League, too.
1: Yeah. And they were both like, yeah, we got stopped. We, we, we had to show them our bar cards.
0: It must be embarrassing for some of the cops, too, man.
1: Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine a police officer rolling up on somebody and they pull out their state license bar card. They, they, they pull out their bar card and they're like, I'm a lawyer. Well, what's up? Jeez. What are you going to do then?
0: Um, I don't know. That
1: puts them in a bad position, right? Yes. Now, how about guys like you and I who are in – Astoria, Queens or flat, the South Bronx, Bronx yeah. or Lower East Side or Upper West Side. And we're coming from Harlem or we're leaving or, or, or we're going to Harlem. Right. And we just got off work and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're being challenged just for walking. Yes, lurking, perceived... Equality, all that stuff, stems from one thing. It is systemic racism.
0: Absolutely. Now.
1: Now. But don't you think these
0: stats, like the stats that I told you, put put this set, um, element of nervousness and fear into people, inexperienced police officers, not trained police officers, and just regular citizens. They read the FBI file, oh my God, black people are committing, committing more crimes than we are. You know what I'm saying? So of course, it's like this, you, you mentioned the word avalanche, right? <laughs> it's an avalanche. It's a big snowball going down the hill as we speak. I mean, I, it's it's ridiculous. I just said on 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 my, my previous podcast, This and this is kind of the, the correlation, which is not necessarily proof in the pudding, but um guy pulls a freaking machete out on the cops white guy T- mm. gets taken alive okay uh yep. an armed protest at, at city hall bunch of white dudes armed to the teeth okay nobody gets killed um and we both know as a side note we both know if that was an all-black protest with arms there'd be gun control tomorrow okay um that kid in south carolina Goes to their church, shoots up 18 Dylan people. Not only, is, not only is he
1: taken alive, they took him to Burger King. They, they took him to Burger King. <laughs> they and, they and, fed him. And, and, as much, and as much as we want to sit here, as much as we want to sit here and say that... That, that
0: they have a tough and, job and, to do too, right?
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Here here's, here's the problem with that. Please. No, 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 no. It's not a problem. I take that back. It's not a problem. Here's the mistaken understanding of that. If I roll up as a police officer, and I've seen this happen, I have seen this happen. If I roll up as a police officer, now I'm an African-American police officer, I'm a black police officer, and I see a black youth doing something stupid or just caught doing something stupid, I'm going to roll up and go, What are you doing? Yes. You see this? Do you see this? (laughs) I'm representing you too, man. You're making my life hard. Yes. Stop. Mm -hmm. Come get over here. Because in our minds, we're going to immediately, if they're good police officers, and I want to emphasize that they are good police officers. Black, white, Asian, Latino, Hindi, Afghani, Korean. I don't give a damn if you're a good police officer, I don't care what your ethnicity is, what your skin tone is, whatever, what your hairstyle is, you're going to, you're going to be a good person first while being a good, while being a good police officer, not in spite of being a police officer while being a good police officer. However, if you're a bad cop, and, and, and we know some bad black men who are cops because they've been caught. We know some bad Latinos who've been cops. They've been caught. And they've been made examples of quickly. Of course. Quickly. There's there's no hesitation in that.
0: Yeah, where's the shield then? Huh. But, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but, when, but when they get caught, they're not just excommunicated. They're not just made examples of. You never hear Anyone say anything about them ever again? Until it comes up later on in the news about this police officer who did this, this, and this, and boom, then you see him again. Yeah, but don't
0: you think this is where they got it right uh, uh, in Minnesota? Like usually, you remember Amadou Diallo? Okay, he lived. Do I? He lived. Do I? Okay, anyone's lived in New York? Okay, not killed, but probably wish he was dead at that time. All right, and I'm being fucking serious. I'm not. I mean, that's a you know, ha ha ha. That's a joke, but not really. Um remember garner remember all of these people every time the news and the news is and i hold the news completely accountable for for half of this nonsense for the for the sake of sweeps sweep. you can hold
1: you can hold them complicit you can hold them
0: listen to this the difference between this one and the rest of them because uh, and and so many ways it's all the same and it's very easy in fact lazy to just say this is just like every other case the big difference is the media and the people took an, a large amount of time examining the record the past past history of the suspect this one they didn't do that this one the first thing that they examined or the first thing that hit the news finally some good journalism uh they examined the past of the assailant in this case who was the police officer 18 complaints of police misconduct 18 complaints so that is an example of bad officer training uh, protecting, uh, pro- I guess, protecting your own, and at the same time, um, not seeing the warning signs. If, if Patrick, if we're, if we're both cops, all right, and we're not, we're not in charge. We're not the captain. And you get, and 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 a fellow officer has eighteen pl- complaints. Don't we go to the captain and say, can we please do something before this man kills somebody? Can we? I, I mean, mean, he's been lucky. Uh, eighteen. Uh, we, you know, I mean, it didn't hit the news eighteen times.
1: I mean, here, here's, here, here's my and 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 I'm I'm gonna, I'm about to play devil's advocate for you. Please. Because I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm about to play devil's advocate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Amadou Diallo. We go back to that.
0: Amadou Diallo. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, an assault in Brooklyn, taken to the back of a police station, had something run up his butt. He was just, um, he, yeah.
1: Um, no, new, uh, Amadou Diallo. Was, the- was was the was the Afri- was the was the African man, was the Ghanaian person who got shot on his doorway pulling out his wallet in front that's of funny. his doorway?
0: Sorry, that's how many. 40
1: funny. shots. 40 shots. Yeah. 40 shots were fired by police officers on this man's house where he lived while he was pulling out his wallet when they asked him for his ID.
0: So, in other words, they asked him to reach into his pocket and when they did, they shot him. Exactly. I mean, if you put that in the script, they would be like, dude, that's a hit. <laughs> that sounds like a hit.
1: <laughs> Sorry. So, so let's, please, let's, let's take that as a microcosm of police training. Then, and how old were you and I? We were in our early twenties at that time. That was like, what, yeah. 93?
0: Yeah. I was just getting out of the army.
1: Right. So. Here I am, 20, no, yeah, 20 years old.
0: I think you were 20. I was, literally, yep.
1: I was 20 years old, exactly. I was 20 years old, and I hear about this guy getting shot on his doorway. As a black man, I'm thinking, yo, what did this dude do?
0: Because that's how they... Because like, yeah. that's how That's how I'm programmed. Well, that's how we're all programmed, right? We're programmed to believe yeah, right. the police are not going to discharge 40 rounds for for unless the guy Nothing. did something. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Why,
1: why, would the sh- why would the police unload 40 rounds on a dude on his doorstep? On his doorstep. And then later on, like literally the next day, we hear about what happened. And then the next day we hear that all he did was reach and pull out his, his wallet. And then the next day we hear how many shots hit him and how many shots hit the house. And you think to yourself, wait a minute.
0: Mathematically, how is that possible? How many, this, how many guy, rounds does the cop no, carry? I mean, sorry, go ahead. The, how,
1: how could all of you have been fearful for your lives? That means that for every officer that was there, say there were five of you, each of you unloaded eight rounds. That's 40 shots. It's almost like panic fire. Exactly. You guys are trained. Trained to recognize.
0: We're doing operative words again.
1: <laughs> recognize mm-hmm. and assess a situation. My uncle was in the Marines. If if any one of us in my family. Brother John, my brother Bubba. My nephew Gavin, my nephew JJ. If any one of us were to go take a gun out of his gun locker, I I I I, I don't like guns. I don't use them. There's a protocol.
0: Get your gun. get your nice hunting bow.
1: Clear the gun. I love bows. <laughs> clear the gun. Check the gun. Look. Don't look. Look over the trigger. Make sure that it's clear. Boom. Set it down. You learn how to handle a gun. And if you're being taught how to handle a gun uh, as, as a as an everyday person by a Marine, I can imagine that as a police officer, you are being trained how to properly handle a gun. And how to properly assess a situation. If you're gonna learn how to handle a gun, you have to learn how to handle a situation, especially since you are not you are not an enforcer of jurisdiction, you're an enforcer of the law and a person trained to de-escalate a situation. From the onset, not as a last resort. From the onset,
0: the operative word. and, and,
1: and, And we've watched. I mean, one of my favorite shows to watch last year was The Rookie with Nathan Fillion, right? Yeah. And one of his first things that he had to do was he had to deescalate his situation and you see him with his hand up and his hand on his rifle, his hand up and his hand on his rifle. And he's trying to tell a person, calm down, calm down, calm down. Is that taught anymore? Is know. it?
0: No, no. I know
1: it, that from, I know, I know from my friends who are police officers, it is taught because yeah. when I talk to them, that's the first thing they say. I don't look. I don't go into a situation looking to discharge my gun. I don't want to discharge my gun. That's the last thing I want to do. But if I have to protect myself and my partner, all right. Well, I had two police officers here uh, the morning that my mom died. Officer Vach and Officer Wilson. Officer Wilson was, and and, and I know police speak. So I, I know I know how to call a rookie a rookie, in police speak, right? So I, I, I earmarked that, and Vaca snapped his head up. He's like, okay, this this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. All right, I'm cool with him. But he was cool with me from the time he walked in the door, you know, because when you call 911 and someone comes in to assess the situation, they came in contrite, nice, understanding the situation. I had a family member coming over, and I was heated knowing that that family member was coming over. You know what immediately happened? Because okay. those two officers were in here and made such a great rapport with me. Vaca, who's who's the CEO, who's the tr- who's the TO, the training officer for Wilson, goes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to come downstairs with you. And I go, why? Ah, you don't need to go to jail beating up the crap out of some family member because you're in a bad mood. Like, you know what? You're right. Cool head. You sir are right. <laughs> come downstairs <laughs> <'Cause-> with me. <laughs> Because that—that that is him protecting and serving. That is him doing his job properly, knowing full well that I am not in the right state of mind to probably deal with this family member. So he's going to protect my, me and my family mem- member from my emotions. That's a—that's brilliant police work, right there.
0: That's a very good police work.
1: That's um. That is- That is phenomenal police work because that's him understanding the situation. And and every police officer goes into every – and, again, these are are decisions that are split second. These aren't decisions that are made over an hour's time. No, this is instantaneous. That was an instantaneous decision. Granted, he didn't have his hand on his gun. It wasn't a high-risk situation to begin with. But what he did in that instance was train this rookie officer in how to handle that similar situation because that permeates from one person to the next.
0: Yeah, it so does. I think, uh, again, like we we were talking about before, um, good training takes over. And I think protect and serve used to be called serve and protect. There was a natural order of things. And I think if you our police officer and your function is, is is to serve, then you start to humanize people. And if you start to humanize people, you're not quick to pull out a gun and pull the trigger. And that's I think that's what's going on here. Flatbush Avenue wasn't always a rough neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> Flat, Flatbush no. Avenue for a while. No. I mean, cause if you look at the side streets, you look at Midwood, Maple, mm. Rutland, Chester court, mm-hmm. all of the side street were residential owners. They were basically Co- Cosby kids. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not talking about Bill yeah. Cosby, but like the Cosby family type stuff, you know, get, <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. get your butt. Yeah, o- yeah. yeah. Stay off the block. Stay, you know, stay, stay
1: on the yeah, block. Yeah. Stay don't right be, here. Yeah. Be on the stoop. Be on the stoop. Don't be, on be, the don't be no further than half a block away. If I can't see you, you're not going any further.
0: I Go guess. Home. Okay, so the point I was trying to make was that timeline, and, that, and I'm going a little, a little back further, um, the police who walked the beat knew everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't mean I, I, I was try, I was trying to avoid going La La Land on you like I, I could I was going to use Hermosa Beach as an example. Hermosa Beach. No. All of the cops know. know They know this person. They know this person is a bartender there. There's a homeless guy walks around or whatever. They know the homeless guy. So nobody's going to get shot up because they're not in a situation where they're unfamiliar with. And their training takes over in a sense where they're there to serve and protect so if you have a bunch of cops in highly populated areas and of course the more populated it is the the less someone's knowing and if they're not properly trained and and there's this underlying hold on there's this under underlying belly of fear uh, of, of just someone because they're black, maybe based on FBI statistics, maybe based on uh, the media perpetuation, uh, may, maybe based on fearing what you don't understand, maybe based on not growing up and knowing a lot of black people uh, 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 just personally, then of course you, you the cop becomes a sentry. Mm. The police officer, the police officer, the public servant, reminding everybody out there, the public servant becomes a sentry becomes a fucking RoboCop. And I said on Monday on the show, I'm like, RoboCop is more compassionate than half of these people. You know what I'm saying? And I <laughs> sound like I'm beating up on cops and it's and, it's, and it's, it's, I know it's unfair, but I think the cops who are our friends understand where I'm coming from. All right. I'm not like some chick out there talking about all all men are dogs because she got cheated on. OK, that's not yeah, that's not fair. even yeah. though if she's in that moment, you guys shouldn't be offended. You're a dog. But, yeah, you're a dog. Listen, every, do- every guy's a dog. But Black but- Lives Matter. Listen, Black Lives Matter. It is not the fucking time to say all lives matter. No. In this moment, when someone's someone's getting shot and where you know if they're if they'd be alive, if they were white. That is the time to say Black Lives Matter, and for people that think Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, just take this monetary moment to shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, and 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 allow someone to work.
1: I'm gonna backtrack what you said. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna build back up to Black Lives Matter, and this might this might cost me a lot of work.
0: It's a but, podcast.
1: <laughs> Listen, um, if we
0: if we did everything everybody else's way, do you know how rich we'd be? <laughs> let's right? not Do talk you, about that. If I we're to, talk if about, I that. If I we're talking about that, so we'll talk about that together this summer. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about that around Labor Day.
1: <laughs> How about, let's, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. <laughs> so you said, you said improper training. I will correct that statement right now. Do it. And here's why training tactics have changed over the years. Training tactics in the 1920s for police officers, especially beat cops, aren't training tactics for police officers in the 1960s, beat cops, and aren't training tactics for police officers in the 80s, beat cops, or now. With each generation, with each iteration of the police force, with each commissioner that has come in, there has been different training tactics however there is a baseline there's always a baseline of how you're supposed to interact with the general public once you have the shield on once you have the shield on you have a there's job there's a to way do. you're supposed to interact
0: you have a job to do yeah.
1: right exactly public, so
0: public servants
1: exactly you and i grew up in the late 70s early 80s that that was that was our primary formative years right elementary middle school into high school
0: That's
1: right. So for us, we always saw the police, especially for me growing up in the South Bronx. Like you said, they knew me. They knew I went to St. Thomas Aquinas Elementary School. They saw me walk my brother and sister to school. Sometimes they saw my mom walk me to school before they were born. They knew who I was. Hell, some of them lived in my neighborhood. Right? It's
0: a good job to have.
1: It was a great job to have back then, Uh, late eighties. Not so much. There was a police strike in New York. Um, a few police officers went on strike because there wasn't a contract out there. And as a result, a lot of the guys were being hired because they needed the bodies, though they went through the same training might not have been evaluated on the way in the same way and I think that is where the difference now stems the difference now stems in the evaluation process of those going into the police force the difference now stems that a person with with you know I mean I, I heard a story about a police officer who was a domestic abuser it wasn't here in New York but it was in another state I can't remember. It was one of the middle states. I can't remember if it was Arkansas or or, or or Oklahoma, but he was he was he was a domestic abuser. And there, there are telltale signs of those things. And the psych evaluations for police officers are supposed to weed those people out. That doesn't happen as easily anymore. Yeah. Because we as a society have become and and, and I, I blame a myriad of um, law enforcement prerogatives that have been pushed through time, from Reagan right up to Obama. Yeah, um, I mean, right. Above, I mean, the Clintons passed that the idiot, the most idiotic bill I've ever seen. The streets, the three strikes rule, dumbest thing ever in the world. Um.
0: Yeah, it doesn't apply to Lindsay Lohan <laughs> or Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> How many right. strikes did that guy have? <laughs> Listen, one of my favorite actors, but if you, if we're talking, look, we're going to talk about the eighties and the nineties, right? Come on. you gotta he, talk was, about the he, jer- was, he was the a bad journey. boy. He
1: was a bad boy. Yeah. Um, but mm. the, all, all those laws that were passed were designed mm. to make it easier to police and get more police
0: in well i think the better cops you have out there because you talked about the 1920s you talked about the 50s you talked about the 70s and and the and the, and all of the changes but the one thing that has stayed the same that has stayed paramount is allowing the police to use their discretion whether to say hey you know you, you you did this i'm gonna give you a break just slow down like listen the cop has a discretion if he stops you he he could be like, look, I know you're in a hurry, but if you take this road, you get and if you ta- and if you, you, you do the speed limit, you make it on time. Are you willing to do that? Yes, sir. We good. OK, this is white man talk. OK, because this doesn't happen with black people. Um, so the, the more capable. No, but th- this is the this is the road, Patrick. The, the more capable your police officers are, the better discretion they use. That's the point I was trying to make. Um, no, and, and, I, and again, I, to that, lends, that, lends
1: to what, that lends to what I was saying, is were, that the evaluation process of who goes into the police force Salaries. And,
0: Hold on a second. Yeah. Salaries. In the 90s, front page of the Daily News, they, they compared the salary of a clown like like you know hire a clown for birthday parties and stuff like that yeah, a clown to a cop that. the clown, you remember that the front page of the yeah. Daily news the, a clown the clown was, making more, than the the clown police was making more than the cop so listen basically if you're gonna train clowns to do police work something let's you know this and there's no safety guidelines you're not in the circus you're out on the street what's going on Oh, now Jason's calling cops clowns. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not. saying that the hiring process and the salary is not attracting capable people uh, um, who who use better discretion.
1: Patrick, and, and again, I make again. That, uh, there's a that, time that, you that, and I
0: made less than cops, but but we're and we're not doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, please. Th- these are discussions that can go on and on and on.
0: At some point, we're going to talk about volleyball because someone asked me to ask you something late, uh, during the podcast. Okay, Jeremy. Yeah, actually, Jeremy. I, have, I
1: have everything off except for my phone because I know that all my laptop, uh, my my, my, uh, my tablet, everything would have interfered with well, it. So I'm going to name, strictly I'm on an, this.
0: let me name drop for a second. You know, Martin Seabee said, What's up? Martin. Um, Martin is a col- talk about college rival, huh? Um, Claudio Matioli yeah. from Brazil. Claudio Claudi. play for Banco de Brazil. Obrigado. Obrigado. Amber, uh, former NYU player Dave Cole. Um, George, oh, Dave! Julie cow! George Soul and Alvin Thomas. All, all of them give you a shout out. All of them say what's up. Uh, right now, you're st- we're streaming live on the Central Park um, site. We're streaming live on volleyball coaches and trainers. And um, Mm -hmm. Jason Allah said he's going to plug us on a D1 thing. Arik Anderson also said um, he didn't. Arik. Yeah. Yeah. He's. um, He is
1: one of my favorite human beings in the world. I have worked with this man one time. Mm -hmm. I I worked with him one A3 camp. And I can say this. I consider Arik like I consider you family because the man and i'm so glad to have met him integrity i'm so glad to talk to I, him. i, I can't I, I can't i can't that that you can't find that level of integrity in a lot of he's people a, anymore he's a black
0: joe rogan <laughs> he's he's like the conscience yeah. of the united states of america
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, <laughs> or maybe a he black, has, a black he, has, <laughs> he has he has he has the wherewithal the tact the fortitude that if that man ever ends up being a head coach of a, of a college program, and I'm plugging him right now for all you HBCUs looking for black men who can lead an African-American team who can recruit and knows what to do, and you better pay him well when you get him too, Eric Anderson's one of those dudes, period, flat out. Mm. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. I would say does. he's if that dude. you're an dude. HBCU, hire him.
0: <laughs> listen, hire I him. listen I don't, I'm not trying to crap on coaches, but, but. – one of those dudes, I'll say, okay, all right, there's um, a good dude, there's the Jag, just a guy, and then there's that upper echelon, he's one of those dudes, you know, and, yeah. and for a while, I, 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 until I moved to California, I thought I was, and then I had to cowboy up, and eventually I became one, like, look, LMU, they won, we won the WCCs, okay, And the summer, so I'm doing my part too, but then there's that dude.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Eric Anderson feel, is I, I, I just feel, based feel, on you, what I you feel, said and Jason
0: Olive told me, he's that he's that guy. He's
1: that dude. Mm-hmm. Eric Anderson. Carl France. You know, um Dad, give me three. Oh, I'm, oh, gonna give Lord, you, I'm gonna give Christian you three. out here. staple. Christian staple. Uh over at McKendree.
0: Charlie Sullivan.
1: Um no no, I'm uh, no no insult, I'm only naming African American.
0: Okay, fans. no, cool. Let's do it.
1: You know, um, (laughs) because I mean, we only got five. (laughs) Charles Walker at Hawaii. Yeah. Yep. Theo Edwards.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: Okay. Nope. Um. Oh, (laughs) I would be, I would be very mad if I didn't say, my boy Ray Lewis. At Benedictine in Arizona, winning an a- an NAIA championship, and turning down an offer from a big D one to stay at that NAIA because of what he's built there,
0: and because of the way they're taking care of him,
1: they, they are they are taking care of him. But look, Misty, know,
0: Misty May is coaching you know, Long, Long Beach City College. You think she wants to leave? No, because they're taking care of her.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean there there are there are. I mean, you, you hear it across the board, and now, now we're starting to get into the volleyball talk, which which I totally appreciate. Um, I'll start to show the CMSV a little more now. I've been hiding it with my political talk. I don't, don't like, want to throw CMSV under the bus because no. uh, I love that school. That that school is home. That bro, school you is putting,
0: bro, you got on the shirt. Your love, your love goes without saying. Right? Um, look what I'm wearing. <laughs> look what I'm wearing.
1: Exactly. Dun- Duncan exactly. Avery.
0: Duncan Avery, represent.
1: Yep. Yep. Dun- mm-hmm. Duncan Duncan's done a phenomenal job at that club ever since he started it. Yeah. Um We're a I, will say, coach- I will say all the The coaches are this. all those coaches
0: are savages too. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say this. There are many African American coaches out there, male and female. And I mean that across the board of sports, not just volleyball. That have put in the same amount of time, that have put in the same amount of work, if not twice the work. Nikki, who is the head coach of both the men's and women's at McKendry and Christian Staples' boss, puts in some work. She puts in work when it comes to recruiting. She puts in work. When it comes to coaching, she is one of the strongest volleyball coaches. I know. Let's not put in male or female. She is one of the strongest volleyball coaches. I know. Period. Okay. Because if you look at what she's done with that program, both on the men's and women's side, she has elevated the level of volleyball in a school that did not have a tradition.
0: No. McKenzie, right?
1: That, yeah, that is... That is a mark of a good coach. We have a brother of ours, Justin Statt.
0: One of the more respected coaches in New York. Yeah.
1: I like that. There are people in our circle who would – and these are people who've made made it into qualifiers, ADP qualifiers. These are people who have won championships – one open tournaments done it's, all this NCAA stuff,
0: Final Four, yeah.
1: Who have gone to Justin and said, "Yo, dude, man, can you come? Can you come train me real quick?" Yeah, man, I, I, I need your help.
0: He's a savage. He's a because savage because that's
1: dude. the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who will make a phone call to a man like Carl France, my mentor, my big brother, mm-hmm. the man who gave me this job. I tear up every time I talk about it. Right. He's at NYU. He's the assistant at NYU.
0: Yep, Jose. Jose's assistant. Yep,
1: is, is the head coach. Yeah, Talk Jose. About a, black a, man, a black man, a, a black man phenomenal. and a Latino,
0: a black man and a and and a poor, Latino and a Dominican.
1: Right. There are people who will call up Carl France tomorrow and say, "Hey, uh, can you come do this uh, this HP tryout for us? Because we need someone who knows how to run an HP tryout." last minute, and can do it on the fly. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, l- let me know. I got it. If he can do it. Now, Ray Gooden in the Illinois area, in the Chicagoland area, another great coach. Another oh, phenomenal
0: coach. Dude.
1: Another phenomenal African-American coach. Man. When is Ray, Good- when is Ray Gooden going to get his shot? at leading a team, as a as a true Division One head coach. I will throw a name out at you, and you and I talk about this. You and I used to talk about this, man, when we lived together in Brooklyn. Dexter Rogers. Yeah, U.S. Down national the Team. Region. U.S. Yeah. Men's National Team.
0: As an oppo in the 90s. I remember they, they yep. cut him to make room for um... –
1: Brian Ivy to, to bring Brian Ivy back. No,
0: he was an Oppo, a, a Bob Samuelson, Bob Samuelson, and then and then in '96 uh, they, you know how USA they they, they like to, to to plug in their West Coast college dudes. Um, um, the guy to play with Karch for a while, Lambert. Like you know, they cut him for Lambert.
1: Oh yeah, Mike, Mike, yeah. Mike Lambert. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Dexter Rogers, works with the Florida region, but he's part of USA. He is USA model, just like Tom Sorensen. If I, if if I'm an African, well, I know that he's a teacher down in down in the Florida area. I believe now he might even be an administrator. He might be a, a principal or something like that. I can't remember. I'll I'll, I'll talk to him but I'll ask him about that. But there goes someone that if you got that name with that cachet in your school, HBCU. I don't care who you are, HBCU, ACC, SEC. That's an Olympic athlete. That is an Olympic athlete, a man who has traveled the world and been on an Olympic team. He has coached guys into that level, inspired them. If I had that person sitting on my bench, it's like having Hugh McCutcheon. It's like having Ron Larson. Yeah. It's like having John Sparrow, Fred Stern, Marv Dunphy, yeah. Al Skates, yep. Doug Beale. The names that Ari Sellinger.
0: very very Mick Haley, very interested to see what how Dane Blanton's going to do
1: at USC. All those names I just mentioned mm-hmm. have all been USA national coaches.
0: I can't get can't sniff an interview. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Mars retired. Al's retired. Doug is Doug has stepped down as executive of, of, of USA volleyball, but still involved with FIVB in the IOC. Yeah. Dane, do
0: you know Dane Dane just got the job at USC this year?
1: At USC, yeah. Yeah, the the women's beach team. He earned it. He earned it. Uh, He was on that team that won two national championships. Yeah. yeah. And the Invitational Championship that one year. When
0: Anna stepped down, it was between him and Eric Fenoy Moana. Listen, both Olympic gold medalists. Um, um and I don't like saying that it go wrong. no but I don't like saying that be that like that automatically qualifies you to be a, a good head coach no um Dane Dane didn't just say I won an Olympic gold medal I deserve to be a head coach no he served as an assistant he he was he you know he's part of a club and I, I think it was elite or, or for knowing might be with Elite Beach, uh, with Holly McPeak. So it's like he, Dane did it right. You want to talk about true meritocracies and just giving an African-American uh-huh. the opportunity? It was between him and whatever. And I'm so glad they went with Dane because this is the, as far as African-American coaches, for any sport, and we're just talking about volleyball, and now we're acutely we're talking about beach volleyball, um, uh-huh. meritocracy wins so few. I, I'm, I'm citing the one time, <laughs> you
1: know. Where you, know better than so, I do. you know better than I do.
0: No, but you don't have to look for it. Actually, maybe you do have to look for it. I mean, you, you, to, just to find the one. We had, to, I had, we had to look just to find the one, and that's Dane. You know, Dane, big mm-hmm. up to him, man. Hope he does well next year. Sorry lost your best player to the Olympics, <laughs> Tino Gradino. <laughs> um, who, by the way, who, by the way, it's oldest Lucy's <clears throat> goddaughter. Remember, Aldous? This is goddaughter. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah, that's how I knew her. That's yeah. how I got. I got. Um, I was covering BVNE like a, a showcase between. um Wound nice. up, up USC's pairs against nice. LMU's, and, and I ended up calling the match. And I was like, Aldous, can you find Tina in this picture?" And he's like, "What?" He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know, <how> he is. <laughs> <laughs> right, the, how he, that's it. how he talks. What are you right?
1: talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like he. He has he has that he has that that Will Shatner pause down yeah. to a to a T. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. I, I agree. I agree. I'm, again, this, I, I hearken back to the conversation I had with um, with Kevin Barnett. Um, dude, it it dude is dude one of those. It, 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 it falls into it falls into as you talk about meritocracy. It falls into the idea that volleyball, in and of itself, is one of the few sports that athletically meritocracy stand to a hilt you you don't you don't become this next level person until you put in the time Jeff Samuelson is putting in crazy amount of time and yeah. and, and I remember when he was uh, like one of the marquee names in the Gav and that, but he was also marquee named in EVP um him and Casey Jennings played in the motherlode together. I mean, who was it? who Was this again? Uh, uh, Samuels. Uh, Samuels. Jeff Samuels. Uh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Samuels. That's Jeff my Samuels. dude. Yo, talk about brother from you another to, mother. You want to talk about a dude who has put in? A, this is a guy who went from playing basketball to playing on the club team at Michigan State lacrosse to being, but he was he also played club volleyball. Yeah, at Michigan State. And now he is one of the most recognizable African American faces. in be
0: Well, his blackness don't sneak up on you. No. You don't look it, at him. And, he doesn't look. He doesn't hide it. Look, I could look at you and think, okay, maybe he's mixed. I could look at Eugene, who looks black, and you're like, no, nah, he's Dominican. No, nah, that is, that is, ladies and gentlemen, that is Jeff Samuels. Jeff, you know, he used to live across the street from me. He moved, um, he moved back home, but for a whole year, we, um, we used to go, uh. uh when we had to go, yeah. uh, when we had to go coach practice, you know what we did? We didn't text each other. We just yelled um, from our, our from yell our desk. Yell across the court. Yes! Yell to each other. <laughs> Jeff, we're leaving. Yo, Jeff, you need yo, a ride? Yo, Jeff, I'm about to go to <laughs> practice. You ready? You need a ride? That, but that's how literally close we. Not just figuratively close. He also right. gave me my first coaching gig for uh, p- uh, on the AVP. Him and Dave Palm. Uh, um were Dave the, they were the first team um that I I'm, look look I got to coach pros indoor, and I got to coach college NCAA this and that uh but and now I'm now I'm a professional beach volleyball coach but my first gig um was the two of them they play together
1: split see, block they split block <laughs> I mean Jeff Jeff jumps out of the building yeah Jeff just good lord but you would love him.
0: You would go to dinner with that guy one night, dude. You, no, Jeff and I, Jeff and I, have, Jeff and I have hung out at Pottstown.
1: We've, oh. we've hung out and talked. Okay, uh, cool.
0: Jeff, Jeff,
1: Jeff, and I know each other well enough.
0: Did I steer you too far? You hey, were talking that. about motherload. what Casey Jennings. No, no,
1: no no. no, no, no. But, but again, there goes someone who put in the time. We're talking about meritocracies, Volleyball is the most meritous sport out there. I personally think. I I mean, if if I'm wrong, someone help prove me wrong.
0: Um, Getting in the building is not a meritocracy. Um, How, how, how many?
1: No, I'm talking about as an athlete. I'm talking about only as an athlete. As an athlete, the meritocracy is is the sport itself. I'll
0: describe it like this. How many flights of stairs you go? is a meritocracy. Sure. If you're good enough, to, if you're strong enough and powerful enough and motivated enough to get to the 55th floor instead of the 35th floor, that's where meritocracy uh-huh. gets into play. However, get, knocking on the on the building's door and getting in being a lot, uh, trying to train with the, the right people so you can get better, that's the yeah. beginning of that. That's the grind, you know. I, I mean, mm-hmm. look, the McKibbens they have success because they're brothers. All right, uh, the Crabs had success because they're brothers. They could have easily, um, if they had the opportunity to train with Phil or or or, or Taylor at the time had a t- chance to train with Phil instead of uh, Nick or, or 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 Todd, he he would have. But. He had to have the opportunity with his brother, <laughs> play with play with Trevor, yeah. and both of them, by the way, yeah. AVP champs, multiple time FIVB champs. Uh, now yeah. it doesn't even matter if you um, if you remember um, Trevor and Reed, Reed Pretty won Manhattan yeah. Beach last year. They won a gold yeah, series. So, so yeah. how about that for a, a, a last minute pickup? <laughs> that's
1: not a bad last minute yeah. pickup. Yeah, I mean, is awesome, awesome too. Last
0: Trevor, last Trevor whenever I want to, Trevor um,
1: Trevor's a cool dude. Trevor's a cool dude. When I was covering. Yeah. Oh uh, sorry. Well, I was going to say it was Jason Salmary uh, and I talked one time and he was like, I remember growing up in Hawaii and you know, these guys were always around and 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 mm. I mean, they're like my baby brothers. Yeah. And that and I, and that that for me, I think is where I stem the term meritocracy more from when it comes to volleyball because
0: Yeah, cuz when you get the opportunity, you got to be good. But,
1: but but you also become family to the people that are training you. It's
0: true.
1: You know, you you become and they see your progression as not a person that they're coaching. Yeah, bringing us way back to to to, to when we were talking about that student athlete, who I had to go. I get it. You, you got stuff to do, right?
0: The student comes before student we're, athlete.
1: Yeah, we're family. I understand where you're coming from. I see where I see where your struggles are, and and th- this also ties in with everything that we've been talking about when it comes to perceived uh, equality compared to level equality, uh, uh, institutionalized racism or not. When you look at a person, do you see them as family and yourself and part of you, or do you see them as someone sequestered from you, away from your gaze? You talked about police officers being centurions, right? Because they're not related to the fact. They are not related to the area. They don't have a connection to the people. It's the same thing in every sport, but more in volleyball than any other sport. No doubt. You look at a guy or a girl in this sport, and you're going to go, yo, you know what? I like that dude. That dude's got heart. I like her. She's putting in work. You know, I'm going to take that person under my wing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise them up. Because I know where I'm at. And I want them to be better than me because I see that in them. And then what what started off as a mentor-mentee thing becomes a big brother, little brother, big sister, little sister thing. No doubt. Uh, Adriana Nora, Priya Lima. Great example of two people who I love. Right? Tampa Bay, they're down there. Adriana is a phenomenal volleyball player. Yeah. Phenomenal volleyball player. I, I met her a few years back when she was coaching for OVA. And I went, I went to recruit two of her girls. I was like, where are those two girls going? And, and we, we struck up a friendship. If you ever see her in her workouts and Lima in her workouts, you know that Adriana's like, yo, I want to be her. <laughs> and Lima's looking at her going, I want her to be me. Yeah. That's kinship. When you and I first met, Jason, no lie. When you and I first met, we hated each other.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Because we saw ourselves in each other and we're like, I'm not going to let this dude take my spot. Nope. This, this, yo, I'm trying I'm, yo, I got next. I don't care what, and then you and I played together and we were like, but oh, we're yeah. the same person, aren't we? <laughs> this oh, is nice. The, we are. <laughs> yo, yo, how about you and I get together instead of fight against each other? Yeah. You and if to... we as a, if we start if we as, as a society if we as a society start to do it that way the way we do it in volleyball the way we do it in sport if we start to do it that way I guarantee you change though will be slow and arduous grinding it will be progressive because it's no longer me versus you it's no longer us versus the world it's us trying to get to where we believe both of us belong together. And that is the mistake that has been made over time.
0: Yeah. Well, again, it comes down to humanizing people, treating people like human yeah. beings, all right? I'm not going to name names. I mean, this is my podcast. You know I'm going to say what I want, But so I'll leave names out of this. But there are a lot of volleyball players just in this zip code alone. I mean, some of them are nice and some of them are accommodating and this and that. Like I give you, I'll give i name names of the positive people like Madison McKibben, right? Um, when I was starting my podcast, it was a tube cast. My very first interview, the very first guy that stepped that to, step sure, I'll do it. You know, when I wanted to play um, uh, the Manhattan Beach Open and was looking for people, people to, for people to train with or whatever, um, he's one of the people like, hey, next time you want to do something like that, call me. And I'm like, look, all right. This, that was just my first and last. I wanted to play one before I got too old, blah, blah, blah. Um, Rafu Rodriguez. Yep. All he's all about those kids. Um, if, if I need help, if I need an interview, he comes at a house. Um, Mark yep. Burek. Uh, um, so, oh yeah,
1: Mark. So um, local New York kid, Glendale, New York, right here in the, in the center of Queens. Yeah.
0: And maybe I got a little Hawaii love for Trevor Crabb, but he's not on the same level as those guys as far as being interactive and caring and humanizing people. But Trevor, is Trevor is very very human. His, his his kid brother's a space ghost, but I'm not saying he's not human. And he, treat, <laughs> but um, no, he treats everybody the same. Like Taylor, look, when some some of those big players are just hiding in their tent, Taylor's in the qualifier serving the people. You want some, you know, want some service before you're So he's in in it all the time. So big up to him. But the point I was trying to make, there are some people, and and for this, and because I'm in a good mood today, I'm going to leave names out. I ain't calling on nobody. But there are some players, because they play this sport, or they do this one thing better than most, they look down on people when it applies to other things. Like, I, I, like I say what's up to this particular player, I'm, I'm, and I'm just walking by because, you know, I'm, I don't sweat nobody. I'm from Brooklyn. So I go by, and I'm like, hey, what's good? How you doing? Just walking by, right? So some people are like, hey, Jay, what's up? And the, and the other dude just goes kind of like waves his hand like, like, like he has to. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, sure, he has to, and that is Jason. If I don't say hi, he's just gonna step up to me and say, "Hey, I said hi." You know. So, but there's some guys that just because they do this one thing better, they they use it as this this fake alpha male, um, uh, uh this type A personality to um be passive aggressive to somebody, sure. and and those are sure, the people, sure. and those are the people, um. Cause volleyball has this problem too. Indoor, you can name the indoor guys, but the beach oh, yeah. guys, the beach guys, I, we'll go off camera and I'll just give you names because, because I because mean, these, these I people, mean. they used to piss me off, Patrick, but they crack me up. You know why? Because the reasons why they got into it, they want to be known, and they want to, they want people to know, think they're making money, they want people to think they're famous. First of all, everyone I just talked about, none of them have won an AVP title. Okay. Second of all, that none of them have any fucking money. You live, dude, you live in your mother's garage. All right, you live in your mother's garage, <laughs> all right? Don't don't be looking at me like like you make more than me. Don't don't look at me like you want to play big bank take little bank. Trust me, I will take oh, all no. I will take all your money and walk right through you like I don't even see you. So, but my point is, um, volleyball. Just like the 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 social topic we were talking about, volleyball has a little bit of that. But the the, the, oh, the yeah. but but keeping yeah. glass half full here. There's so many people. That are so um, the other way about it. You don't see them. I see them because I had to do media for a year, for Andor, Andor mm. July for volleyball one on one. I had to mm. interview top players and, <coughs> and talk about process and preparation. I'm not doing media anymore. I'm just doing this podcast. And for and the, the cool thing about the podcast, Patrick is, whoever wants to be on, just you say yes. And if you don't. You say no. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm, it's not like real estate or it's not like media where yeah. you have to ask 25 girls out on the date and hope three of them say yes. Okay, hope oh, yes. oh, one of them say yes. Forget
1: three. You just hope one. She said. But, she goes. She goes maybe. Just one. Just one. She goes
0: maybe. Um, but wait,
1: that that doesn't so, mean no, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you remember this time. Okay. <clears throat> And this is way this is going way, way fast.
0: I know you were thinking about so, this because you were cracking up when I was going through my diatribe.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Because you know who I'm about to talk about. <laughs> he's your boy. You've won two you've won a championship and lost a championship in quads with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's your boy. But he's not my boy. <laughs> he's not my boy at all. I, I excommunicated him a while ago because of some because of some dumb stuff he said.
0: Some things you could do without. Got it.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. but I will give you this about your boy. This this is me doing my Stephen A. impersonation right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about your boy. Um, what's up with your boy, Jay? <laughs> what's up with your boy, Jay? Um, he's he's one of those people that on the surface you look at him and you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Even Corey. Corey, Corey, my lefty, Corey, there are three lefties. Yeah. There are three lefties in my life. I love you, Corey and Jason Donovan, right? Jay Don, yeah. Even Corey's like, yeah, man. I mean, he and I are cool, but he is kind of weird sometimes with this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, that's, 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 those are the things I just don't want to deal with. Right. So <laughs> there was one time you and I were in the park. We both roll up like around the same time. You're like, "Yo, pat, 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 pat." You want to play? I'm like, "Sure." I wasn't think I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah, sure, sure. With UJ, hell yeah! And he's on the court. He's on the court. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." You know what? Um, and this was before I think you and him started going up to Lake George for those tournaments. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, you know what? we've got a good thing going on right now. Uh, we're really like training for the weekend. And you came out your face. And I said, have you ever won any of those? <sighs> then what are you training for? Shit.
0: I didn't mean to do that.
1: <laughs> you did it. God damn. That but was... that, that's a knee jerk, right? That's a knee jerk reaction to him being like, yeah, th- this, this is for the upper level guys. We're better than you.
0: And it was you only know, a, refresh. My like, memory really, it was only you? one court.
1: Yeah. Okay. This, this, and this is this is when we had one court, and they had, they had just set it up. This is when they first brought in the big brown box with with the with the lifeguard stand. Yes. So I'm just like, really, my dude? Really? Oh, okay. You're better than us. All right, cool. Cool. And you're like, have you ever won one of those? <laughs> I was just like, hmm. Hmm, you know what? I'm just going to shut up. Just going to shut up. I'm going to... And get dressed, and Justin rolls up. Justin rolls up. He's like, "Yo, yo, 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 yo." let them play, man. You know, you know these guys can ball. Let them play. And uh, and Teddy was there, and Mark was there. And and I've played with Mark, and I've won with Mark. Sure. I, I'd never played with Teddy. You had played with Teddy a couple of times, sure. and the two of them were like, they just gave him this side eye. Like, really, dude? Really? You're talking about one of the heaviest hands to ever play in Central Park and a dude who jumps out of the sand like he's jumping indoors and you're just like, nah, man, I I, I got next. There are people like that in every sport, but it was his elitism already. He was already in in, in his mindset because I think by that time he was already like a, like a a high class professional in his field. Notice I didn't, I, I didn't say his field. Um, because like you, I'm not going to drop names. I don't have any reason to drop no,
0: names like that. No, it's a good day, Pat.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> over the years, over the years, he's done a lot for Central Park Volleyball. Like, I mean, the man has put together fundraisers. He put together um, um, uh, committee meetings. He, he spearheaded discussions with, 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 with RJ about how to make sure the park get, be, is more inclusive, yet he's also one of those people who in the back door is like, yeah, we don't want these people here. Mm. And when I say these people, he's talking about not African Americans or minorities, lesser volleyball players. Yeah, We don't want lesser volleyball players here. We want the best of the best. Until he moved and started playing and practicing someplace else, and then it was like, oh, yeah, 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 you, you get, you you, know, mean, you mean an actual, venue? I'll, regulate, this. I'll yeah. regulate, I'll regulate this from here, but you guys should, 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 it's all you guys now.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, really, dude? For years, well, you tried to, for years, you established this, this, this little hierarchy thing. And now you're the one chastising the hierarchy? <laughs> Come on, guy.
0: Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, you're going to have to miss me with on, that guy. one.
1: <laughs> Come on, So guy.
0: Let's here's, go. All right. Here's the problem. And now I remember this. Cause, cause I guess back then I went off on so many people. I just don't, I'm like, who, which one, which one was that again? Remind me again. Um, I went off on this person because if he's talking about the importance of training and trying to educate Mm -hmm. me on the importance of training Mm -hmm. and timing or whatever, it was my turn to educate him. If you're playing in a big tournament two days before the tournament, do you want to be training in central park? No. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to train?
1: Say it with me. You want You, you want to go. You want to go to the beach where the winds will affect you.
0: Sunrise, sunset, oceanside, um, Central Park. Right now, we got tree, but there's only two hours of sunlight. <laughs> Maybe two or three hours of actual <laughs> sunlight in Central Park. So now, so now you don't have pol- the right shades, polarized shades. So different sun, different wind. So the point I was trying to make. You're trying to get your game on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. You know, just play around, mm-hmm. just get just get reps. But but if you're being a true professional, and if you're trying to educate other people on what it's like to train to be an elite player, you you shouldn't fucking be in Central Park on Thursday. You should not be two days before the actual tournament. You should not be you should not be in Central Park. Two days you should be out there. And the night before you do another walkthrough with different partners, maybe play a, a game to, to 15, two games of 15 rally. Um, I trust me. And I wasn't even a beach guy back then and I knew that. I was just I was I used uh, for you know those of you listening to this podcast, Patrick and I used the beach to cross train for indoor because Indoors. because our indoor yep. muscles. Like the, 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 the four step approach for an indoor uh, for an indoor jump, uh beach muscles strengthen you for that. Beach beach players don't jump higher indoor. They don't jump higher indoor because their their muscles are not trained for the broad for the broad jump or for or for the approach and for that pivot foot to launch off. Okay, because if you didn't you didn't you did an indoor approach in the sand, you're just gonna sink in on the jump and lose inches on your height. So the only people that benefited from cross-training beach were the indoor players. <laughs> We came back higher, all right. Uh, def- defensively, we were we were stealing free balls from each other, and it was just ridiculous good problems, right? Patrick just crashing into each other.
1: So Phenomenal the, problems. So my pa- my passing went from subpar to par.
0: So. So the point, the reason why, I was, and, and the good thing, me and, him is, me, and, me and him are really cool right now. But the reason why I brought it back was because, and this is on the Central Park site too, so he's going to be listening. <laughs> this is shared. But um, he the, might be. He might no, be. but the, the cool thing, the reason why we could talk is because he knows I see both ways. He knows that I understand that you, um. let's say he wasn't having a tournament. And there's just like really, really good players and you want to keep that going. I, if I'm in his shoes, I want to, I feel the same way. I'm like, dude, I want to play a a bunch of good games. I don't want this grub rolling up and ruining it. But at the same time, I have to understand it's a public park. It's a, it's a public park with only one court at that time. Even if there's just two courts, you know, and, and the other court's full, it's a public park. So, you're you can you can feel both ways. You can have a take an actual position with your mouth, but understand that there's there's, there's two sides of the coin. You you came out there, you know. Some people work a nine to five. They're working stiffs and they're trying to uh, moonlight beach volleyball, um, trying to get their training in. So I, I understood where he's coming from, and that's why we could talk. because there, there has to be this level of understanding. But but when someone's like, I don't have the first clue why you're here or what you think you're doing here or, or why you think we're in the same whatever dude you could go kick rocks you could go you could go suck a fat one on that one so um how's that for steven smith reference <laughs> go kick rocks you could go kick rocks. so um, um but that's no, no, but that's I, the problem i, I have with I some of the I players agree. but but listen we're just this is a podcast and we're just chilling we're just talking shit and because uh, at the end of the day volleyball um, very much like mma uh, the players are very accessible. They're very positive. They're all about their fans. If you ever watch the, um, I'll just use the UFC as an example, or even Bellator, they're they're fan friendly, dude. And 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 in California, the, all, all of these guys, trainer Redondo, I ran into Uncle Creepy, uh, um, um, the guy that fought Demetrius Johnson for the lightweight title for the inaugural oh, okay. or whatever. Um, and oh, yeah. I I can't remember his name. I only remember Uncle Creepy because he had the mustache. He had the mustache like curl, like twinge, like this. Um, I ran into um Ortiz. Um, who fought mm-hmm. Max Holloway for the belts? He he he's, he goes on a skateboard, comes and comes to karaoke. So, so these guys are accessible, and volleyball players, just like MMA artists, are very accessible. And that's that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, about. I mean,
1: I mean that our sport again, mm-hmm. the, the, I, our sport lends to the meritocracy. Our sport lends to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Our sport tries to attain equality to an extent. But um, systemically, outside of what we know, um, it's no different than the rest of society. It, yeah. it, it in and of itself will allow but so much growth. And then once you come over the hump, you, you become you become that next symbol. I, I feel. <clears throat> and I don't want to put, I don't want to put this on Dane and Dane, Dane is a good, good friend. I, I, I love Dane. Dane was my very first interview ever for yeah AVP New York. I, yeah. Um, ever. When I did, when I did, when I had uh, my webpage for, he's, for my men. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good like that. Um, and we met years ago through Jason Olive. Uh, when Jason Olive was doing the soaps, the J O tournament, Pier, the very oh, first day tournament here in New yeah. York. Yeah, in Chelsea Piers. Down at, Pier, down at Pier, 25, Pier 25, yeah. um, And that was right around the time that he was supposed to be on a TV show and didn't get on that TV show. And I made a bad joke, and he goes, but I wasn't telling you anything. And, I, I, and everyone laughed, and I was just like, damn it, you got me. <laughs> um, but Dane... That's J-O. Dane, Dane is one of those guys that cracked the echelon Not because he was African American, but because he was Dane. And he was true to Dane Blanton. And he was true to being who Dane Blanton intended to be. And for that, he has brought the rest of us up with him unintentionally. There was, and even if it was, even even if in the back of his mind, even if in his in his subconscious, it was intentional. Yep. And what a crazy story, huh? Yeah, it was done because he knew where he needed to be for himself. And because he pushed that way, it carried the rest of us with him. Tiger Woods carried the rest of of African-American people with him through golf. Serena Williams, Arthur Ashe.
0: Beating a lot of odds.
1: Um, So... I uh, and 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 uh, again this uh, leading back to what I was going to say is Dane I equate more to Arthur Ashe than anyone else in history when it comes to our sport in comparison because if you're an African American youth and you're looking for an example of what a great volleyball player can be in your sport There are a myriad of other African-Americans you could find, but there is no symbol outside of Dean Blanton. If you're an African-American male. agree. And I mean... If you're an African-American female, you can find uh, Daniel Scott Arruda. Right. You can find... uh, Who's Tara it? Cross battle.
0: Yeah, you can find wow. a Jennifer Williams. Who, from and who's way it, Who's, who's back the chick the from day Texas? UCLA. Who's the chick from Texas that played in the last two? Sydney Hooker. Yeah,
1: you can find an Annette Davis,
0: Megan Hodge,
1: a Megan Hodge, a Jenny Johnson Jones. You can find them if you're an African American female, though they may not get the same pub as you know. A Jordan Larson, or a Michaela Fecky, yeah, you know, but you, they're still there as yeah. a symbol. But I for African American males, there aren't a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kyle Robinson at one point, um, the aforementioned Dexter, Dexter Rogers. Right now, you can say that uh, Ben Patch, yeah, even even even. Even Garry Mago Tatea could be considered yeah. more, more Hawaiian Samoan. Yeah. But if you're looking for an African-American male symbol, it's Dane Blanton. It's true. And, and,
0: and he was, wasn't, weren't him and Fanoi like journeymen at that time? They weren't even, I mean, think about Patrick. This is the year 2000. <clears throat> you're in Sydney. I'm going to take you back. All right. Scenario. Yep. Fenoy, Eric Fenoy, and Dane Blanton. Some I don't even know how the point system was, or, or if they won. They won a play I think they won. Um, there's two ways to get in. You have to have points, or they qualifier tournament. So I think maybe they maybe they won a qualifier tournament because I don't even think they they played together long enough to have points. But,
1: but no, no, but, they, they they were they were they were they were the top team in the AVP at the time. They they were really? the, Dane and Fenoy were the top team in the AVP at the time when they okay. went
0: to City. All right. Good. Got an education. Thank you. But my point is, there are the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Anyone that follows the sport of beach volleyball, even indoor players that follow beach, how many people thought that those two were going to win the gold? None of us.
1: Not a lot. Not a None lot. of us. I mean...
0: None of I mean, us. Because that time period, the rest of the world, particularly Brazil, is caught up. All right, the rest of the world caught up in Brazil. Brazil passed. Avalanche, you said? I said truck Um, or tank. I didn't look you got ricardo and uh, um emmanuel i'm an yeah. american i bleed red white and blue i got a big old flag right here to my left and i'm gonna point the camera out in the minute anyone that needs to prove myself big old glory right big old <laughs> flag over there um oh glory i'm cheering for dane and for Noy, but am i picking up man jay you want to put some money on that no no nope.
1: no no ricardo ricardo and uh was it eduardo emmanuel yeah. who was it Emmanuel, yeah. they were the number one Rico, team in Rico. the world yeah. at the time. They were the number one team in the world. But just to get who'd to have that finals. Who would have like... thought the three seed? Who would have thought the three seed was going to come out and beat the one seed?
0: 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. The emotion that happened. I remember the emotion that happened.
0: But isn't that where a black man cements his immortality? Where, where that's where he, he's not black anymore. He's Dane. <laughs> Cause if you think three years before that he's trying to play a game in Florida and then someone's telling him, "Yo, dude, the basketball courts are over there." That was that yeah, was that was only yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. three or four years before he he hit the before Olympic that. Games. Yeah. yeah. So when does Dane hey. Dane become? Uh, um, I think Dane becomes Dane Black, regardless of black or white. Um, when you win an Olympic gold, for Noe Moana, nobody trips over the pronunciation anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For for Noi I, Moana, I, I should be getting some, paid
0: by the continent, okay?
1: <laughs> or yeah, the vowel. true. true, get true. By the um, but no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the causality. I don't know if Serena, right? The gold.
0: Sorry, go ahead. No, no no, <clears throat> no, 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 no. Let's let's stay with Dane, we'll get to Serena in a minute.
1: Yeah, 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 I don't know if that's the causality there. I don't know if the if if the if maybe for us as a society maybe for us as a people dane became dane when he won the gold medal yeah. but for dane he was always dane yeah. and winning the gold medal was cementing everything that he was shooting for getting the opportunity to represent the united states
0: i mean there's no game, the there's no game that after that, gold that right? match. there's no game after that we don't play the winner of mars <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, is, is there is there an Olympics of the universe? Is, like, because I don't, I don't think I don't think there was I don't think because him and him and Fanoi didn't split block then they it did. was strictly him. No, they did. It was him.
0: No, they did. They, they did. Well, in okay. the finals, they did.
1: So so you got to think that both of these guys, Danes, what six three, 6'2", six two, and they're split blocking.
0: Yeah, my eye test says that. Yeah,
1: and and the fatigue factor big court. the the oh oh yeah big court side out Ooh, 30 20, this is 2000 side, uh, this is, was it was it out. was it side out. Side, I, I thought i think it was rally, already rally
0: no rally came in 2001 for, for every for indoor okay. and outdoor okay okay after because i remember you, you played for city tech in 2000 and the year after i was it when, was when, still, when it was she still, when yeah, she left right, i'm right. like god damn <laughs> What we can yep. receive? Serve hand? I, I got to train my kids to receive. What? Watch out for. Let's serve. What? That's not a. That's not a carry. That's a, that's a double instead of a carry. <laughs>
1: looks like, anyway, looks like, let's yeah. not let's not let's not get into us old heads when that when that rule first came into play and we were just like, what?
0: just talk about uneducated too. The refs don't know the difference between a throw and a, and a double.
1: <clears throat> I will never discuss that. Mm-hmm. I will never discuss that. We I, don't. We I, don't have I,
0: another two hours. <laughs> Sorry. Go
1: ahead. You, oh God. But, but Fanoi, Fanoi and, and Dane, as a team, were iconic for our country. No, correction. Were iconic for our sport. Fanoi and Dane were iconic for our sport. I don't know if they were iconic for our country.
0: They're not, they're not yeah. transcendent.
1: They 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 didn't get a chance to the same way the U.S. men's national team in '84 and '88 weren't transcendent. Though Karch Karai himself has become transcendent, that team that was captained by Chris Marlowe back then,
0: '84,
1: yeah, yeah, that team that was captained by Bob Stuparlik and Karch hasn't. Just you know, great, so great,
0: yeah.
1: you've got you've got to think that the sport itself should land to, tr- to transcendency, but it hasn't. The athletes become transcendent after a certain period of time because their names become synonymous with the sport.
0: And the question is, at that St. point, St.
1: Smith, yeah. St. John Smith mm-hmm. became transcendent of beach volleyball because he was the Unchallenged, crowned king of the beach for yeah. so many him and years. Yeah,
0: him and Stokey. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you can say you can say Smith without saying Stokos. You can say Stokos without saying Smith. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't even say Smith, you'd say St. Agreed.
0: Oh, or Karch, right? Or Karch. Karch played with That's Stephis. Who are you gonna remember? Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. You remember Karch. That's transcendency when your name is transcendent from thing to thing to thing. Dane has become transcendent after play. I don't know if a lot of people remember, outside of our generation, who will tell the stories of who he is. Now he's going to become lore. Back to that conversation. Mm. Of just how hard this guy worked. Pomona High School, UCSB, busted his tail on the beach, gold medalist. One of the best in the AVP, best blocker in the AVP, by the way. He did get, he did win that award. <sighs> Gold medalist. Yep,
0: nobody else to beat. No, no worlds to conquer. Right? Listen, I heard the gravity on the moon's pretty good, man. I'd like to go out there and test my vert. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> even then, I'm still gonna lose the game by like by like <laughs> twelve points. <laughs>
1: One of my yeah. favorite stories to tell.
0: You know, Eric still plays.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Eric. Yeah. I, Eric. Uh, um, Greg Faulkner Damn. invited me to play fours, and just watching Eric Furnoy warm up still looks good. You know, warm-up. I mean, he
1: he played last year. He played in the Navy P. Yeah, last with,
0: um, actually, he played two years ago. as Jeremy Caspeer Hermosa Beach? Jeremy Caspeer. Yeah. You know, someone came up to me. They're like, uh, I, I, "Listen, I got a question for you. Who's that guy in the court? What, what relation is he to Eric Fournier Moana?" Is he like the brother, younger brother? And I'm like,
1: <laughs> No, nah, dude, that is That's Eric Eric. From Moana.
0: <laughs> That's one of the biggest compliments I could give him. He, he, he's he got a listen, he ain't gonna like, I mean, he's got a really cocky side to him, but it one, it doesn't mean his love is not sure. unconditional. Uh, no, um, true, he still true. he possesses unconditional love and love for the sport that everybody can relate to. We could all speak that same language because I mean, no, I'm not talking about who's perfect and who's that, I'm not, you know. I ain't going that route. I, 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 but I like, I like what he did. I like that he played with Jeremy, you know? I don't know one, how he got in. My, or he got in as a wild card. I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. But I think Jeremy had points stories, for both of them, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite stories to tell, and Justin, Justin, Justin knows about this story. Justin Sack knows about this story. I think I've told you this story, but I've said it countless numbers of times. Bel Mar AVP. And this was when Bud Light was sponsoring the. Uh, I think Bud Light and Cuervo were yeah. sponsoring. six-figure first
0: prizes, dude.
1: Yeah, two thousand one was it? Two thousand one? Yeah, it was two thousand
0: one. Well, they did it for a long time.
1: Yeah. So two thousand one, Belmar Open. Two of our buddies, two of our friends, uh, Evan Silverston, and Elvis Rodriguez. Two of the shortest men to ever play volleyball together. Elvis was blocking. Evan was playing defense.
0: Elvis pulled a lot. They, 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 they basically dug everybody from the ground. <laughs> Guys went straight down, and they're just picking it up.
1: Pushed Fenoy and Dane to a third set tiebreaker.
0: First round. First round. Yeah. Did they? I gotta. I gotta yeah. look that up. I gotta look that up. I do. And know, they pushed them. I do they know pushed them. I do know that Elvis qualified. Once and I do know that Evan qualified. I think with Amari Velasco, um, and I think that Tim McNichol qualified with Amari Velasco, and I think Mike- Tim
1: Tim qualified with uh, Igor Kinchin. Oh, Igor,
0: right? Yeah, but I I I do remember Evan playing Karch and Lambert, and the first game was twenty four twenty two. And then the second game, Karch and Lambert cracked the code, but but and I didn't go. But all of our friends were saying that Karch had a hard time uh, picking up his shots. Evan just, I mean, his court vision and his ability to scan the court was uncanny, you know. And that's I, the dolly banana right there, baby. Hated that one dude. Of, uh, hated that dude in Central best. Park. Hated that dude in Central Park, dude. Thought he was a weasel. But let one me say, one of
1: Smith one of Smithtown's best. I will never I will never deny that that man had one of the prettiest just freaking platforms rad, I've ever seen. He's just freaking he was quick as lightning quick as lightning.
0: I see him um, every summer, the last three summers, uh, because, um, like AA user in California, junior Olympics, um, USA volleyball. And of course the AVP first. So wherever those, those big tournaments are, are, are they're, they're kind of, and not to mention our BVNE get notice showcases. So mm-hmm. there's this period from June all the way up to the last week of July. Evan is just, Evan just, Go states. He lives in Hawaii, but he stays at a hotel on Hermosa Beach, the Beach House, <clears throat> and just recruits. He's the assistant coach at um University, uh, the Hawaii Beach team.
1: Hawaii, and, yes. Yeah, for, and the, did, for yeah. the beach Wahine. Yeah. Um, yeah. He
0: ended up recruiting our, our our program director's daughter for a little while, Presley, uh, Duran's nice. daughter. Wound up nice. uh, shortest five three shortest play to get a scholarship, man. So, but yeah, so here's, I see Evan all the time now, so, and we're cool, you know.
1: Here's here's my question to you, and you know. My perspective here in New York is completely different to your perspective in California. Um, But I I know that all the groups are really tight-knit when it comes to coaching, when it comes to player evaluations, when it comes to exchanging of ideas. I have had a great fortune over the past – God – uh, seems like twelve two, years.
0: Seems like a decade well, and a half, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, no, actually, you're right. It's it's it will be a decade. It will officially be almost two decades. Yeah, um, a decade and a
0: half ago, you had Mount Saint Vincent dumped on your lap, and you and, and you did a terrific. Not dumped.
1: I, I I was I was happy to take that position. <laughs> yeah. I will never say it was dumped on me. I had a potential All American. I had four guys who were mm-hmm. All Conference. Um. All EI. of them e. ended e. up being yeah. four-time all american back then, EIVA—that
0: e. e. was Division One, Two, uh, and Three.
1: No, no, no. Actually, that oh, was NECFA. at the start of the NECVA.
0: Okay.
1: And um, and Phil Gallagher ended up being a two-time All-American just on sheer will. The guy was just good.
0: So what? What? Sorry. What was your question? Because <laughs> you know me, um, I would, drive us yeah. both off the cliff again.
1: It's it's. I have had the, the great fortune of learning, and I know that you worked with Mayer. I know that you worked um, with a few other coaches, Alan Knight. um, I've got Jay Hasek here. I've got our, our, our brethren, uh, Sam Schweisky. I've got Rummy. I've got Carl France. Um,
0: wow, Hunter alumni. I've
1: got Danny Goncalves. Yeah. Uh, I've had some Let's great Talk about hardworking coach,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, great hardworking minds to to tap from. What's it like being in California where, you know, sometimes the rumors are noses are up in the air when you're from the East Coast and and with when it comes to your volleyball knowledge. Um what has it been like for you just 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 over these years, and you've been there a while now, uh getting acclimated Mm -hmm. and getting your foot you talk about getting your foot in the door. Like how have you gotten your foot in the door? And how have you pushed through for yourself?
0: All right. Bear with me on this one because this, this might be a little bit funny. I'm in a bar, a pub. I see a good-looking girl. I get dragged into the clubs by you and Ricardo to dance, and I don't want to go dancing or whatever, <laughs> right? Okay? Um, and this, this is going to go full circle, and you're going to appreciate this. All right?
1: <laughs> I'm already appreciating it. All
0: right. There's a hot girl, and I want to talk to her. But because everybody's grabbing her ass and everybody's like trying to push up on her, by the time a, a nice guy like a nice fellow like me comes up once a step two, she's, she's already got her shield and she ain't got time for that nonsense. Now, while I'm telling this story, I want you to equivocate how that applies to coaches and like people, people trying to get with them or people trying to suck up their knowledge or whatever. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to go out here. I don't want to go to the club anymore. Every, all, all, all of these guys want to act like hard rocks because they drink it too much. All of the girls think they're the best thing that happened since fucking Madonna. Why am I here? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go clubbing anymore. So, But the biggest solution I got to was when I see a girl and she sees me and I see her, ignore her. Don't don't, don't thumb my nose. Don't Don't roll my eyes. Just look at her. You see her. She's there. And you keep doing your thing. And if she's still there at some point, and as she looks up again, at some point, you're going to wind up next to each other and you're going to wind up talking to each other. And that's what happened uh, with beach volleyball here. Indoor volleyball is still a big wall. And I, and I really appreciate Alan Knight for giving me the opportunity. I only worked with him once, but that was a big role as a court evaluator for high, high performance tryouts. Chi um, got me that in. Chi was like, I got a guy from New York. You'll love him. This, this, this wisecracking dude from Brooklyn. So basically, when you see the hot girl, Patrick, and you you see her maybe she sees you and you ignore her two things are going to happen eventually or three things are going to happen you know, you never talk two Ooh. she's going to be like how dare that motherfucker ignore me <laughs> i'm all that you, who does he think he is cuz and you're laughing because we know women like that the women they they want you to pay attention and then when you do, they listen they want you to pay attention so they can ignore you they want you to pay attention so they can ignore you all right. So that's the second thing that could happen. The third thing is she be her, you be you. And, 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 and if you magnetize towards each other where a conversation happens, then it happens. So for 50 percent of how I got my foot in, it was just me being myself sitting next to someone. And maybe we're watching a tournament. Together. This is how I met Duran. There was a, a junior tournament. She's watching her daughter play. And I'm like, oh man, you know, she, 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 she do a better job. She just held her platform and she's like, you're an indoor coach, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, because if you remember like the beach games in the 2000s, everybody's just wailing at the ball left and right. Nobody's holding their platform. And now because of the rest of the world is doing it right. (laughs) You know, like, like that little, uh, uh, sec, that one second hold that that makes you feel like a goofball, but it's done right.
1: That little beat, that Um, little beat.
0: So got into a conversation with her about volleyball, just casually. Didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She knew I wasn't trying to um, get with her for any reason. You know, I have a daughter or whatever. No. And I'm like, I just moved out here. And um, I think I want to transition to beach coach a little bit. And she's like, you know what she said? She said, you got a resume. And I'm like, yeah. So I gave her my resume. And you know what this woman does? She doesn't ease me in. She doesn't let me coach like the tiny little people, the 11-year-olds, you know, just, just learning how to, these, you got 11-year-olds using their hands out here, you know, but just learning how to like approach three-step. You know what this chick does to me?
1: She, she throws you in with the 18-year-old. With the, with the yes. Go ahead. Go coach
0: them. We call them the knuckleheads. <laughs> the, we call them the knuckleheads because they're already going to college. This one got a scholarship. This one got a, whatever. Oh. They got so good so fast. They got shit figured out. And anyone under the age of 30 that tries to tell them how to play, they're not going to listen to them. So I'm an old uh-huh. school guy, but I look mad young. So the first day, she sticks me with them, and I do a drill called the BS drill. Just bump, set with your hands, walk, uh, roll shot cross court so the bottom, the yep. south side's going cross court the, the north side's going line so that is fluidity for this eight this eight girl drill which is rare because in the summer we only have four girls or six on the court we have more coaches more personal attention so i get i tell them the shag and there's a girl named georgia and she's walking she's not running i'm like georgia you walking in my practice so georgia does one of these look at this She go like, give me a break. And so what I have a decision to make. And I'm only ten minutes in, Pat. And I do this. I go. And then I call Presley over her her daughter. Presley, come here for a sec. And I'm like, <laughs> Do you know what the plank is? And he says, Yeah, coach, just like this. So she gets down in the plank. So she... and I'm like, very good. She tries to get up. I said, No, 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 so I said, stay there, stay there, stay there, and I said, um what's what's your name? Serena Plank. Um, What's your name? Natalie. Natalie. Cool. Plank. Why? Why? Why is it not in your vocabulary? Plank. And then when I say that, now the parents are looking up. And now all the other kids in the other court stop when I said, why is it not in your vocabulary? Um, so when Georgia goes, in, goes into the plank, I said, not you, them. You shag. They can get up. They, when you're, when done, you're shagging, done shagging, they can get up. So now yep. everyone in the plank is looking at her like this. All of the younger kids, all of the younger kids are looking like this, look like, cool. The parents do this. And Duran claps her hand and says, I fucking love this guy. So, so Duran is 33% of my foot in the door because she, she's in charge of all the youth and, and, and the recruiters come to her. She doesn't go to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and now we're national. We're in Georgia, now we're in Florida. Um, thirty-three percent. Here's the other thirty-three percent. I visit Redondo Union High School and I visit Duncan Avery. Uh, uh Redun- and I I go to Mira Costa and I talk to Mike Green, who is not the coach, but he's he's um um Mike's I forgot his last name, but Mike um they won in the eighties and he and he's been a staple ever since and now he coaches the, the mm-hmm. little the tiny people. Mike when, really not, no Mike um something. That's not I'll give you his name in a minute, I'll look it up. Uh, but Mike, Mike was one with Mira as a coach um, in the '80s, and he's been a staple ever since. Redondo Union is coached at the time was coached by Duncan Avery, who was a player who was just uh, played for Allen Ipe at Long Beach State. So, Miracosta, eh, they're nice but not interested. Uh, um, Redondo Union, hey, I'm all set with coaches, man. But it's really nice to meet you. Two days later, I get a instead of so I think I strike out both ways, and then I get a phone call from Duncan saying, "Hey, I got a club team." You know I, I need an extra coach so lewis richard talk about black athletes mm-hmm. outside hitter for long beach state Mm-hmm. He's coaching the eight, uh, the the 15s at the time you know so we got good coaches we got uh chafins you know we got um norman uh, um so he gives me this opportunity in my first year with them we're ranked 41st in california but by the time we get to nationals we get as high as fifth in the country and like like you said meritocracy comes into play and either i'm a good coach or i'm not So, um, that's the other 33%. My last 33%, two months before I move, Kelly's like, let's go on a volleyball vacation. Big up, South Carolina border vacations, big up SOB. Fucking Davenport, I love you to death. Um, so Kelly goes for the tournaments. I go to the exhibition against the pros. And the pros are John Mayer, Kevin McCulloch, Allie McCulloch, his wife, Ty Trambley, who just won uh, Chicago, I I think, with Brad Keenan, Uh, um... Betsy Flint, who, won, who just won Cincinnati that year with Kelly Larson. And I, I, if I named all six, that's all six. I, oh, Derek Olson, who's now the head coach at Cal, Cal Berkeley, yep. um, or co-head coach. So we have this chance, play against the pros. And I play against John Mayer, and I got Ty setting me. Mark, Mark Karens, Mike's brother. Mike Karens' brother. You know Mike and Emma?
1: Yep. yep. Um, I know Mark. I know, I know, I know Mark, and I've, I know Mark through other people. But so
0: yes. we play one game in the fifteen. And John served a space. is so fucking voluminously high. He's serving my right shoulder. I'm lefty, cause he's a lefty and he knows how to beat lefties. So now I'm just wailing balls like a supermodel. So the first four points, like one's an ace and and a bunch are bringbacks, which by the way Ty brings back with his hands. Okay, it's, it's shank shanked this way. He gets on one knee and he just boom, it's clean. So um, so there's two particular plays, and this is 33%. It happened in two plays. John goes to hit a ball cross court one off the one block and I'm in the hatch waiting. I'm, I know it's coming, I'm waiting in the hatch. He hits it so hard it hits the ground and it bounces in front of me and I just protect, you know how you protect your nuts? Cause you know, you're gonna, you might get teabagged. So I, yes, that's the look. You lean back, your head goes this way and you protect. And it just goes whoosh, like that. And it hits off the ground and everyone just starts cracking up. But that wasn't it. One play later, Patrick, Ty Trambley sets me. Karen's is blocking line. John's in a hatch, and I hit the exact same ball back at him. And you know how sometimes the ball uh uh bounces off the sand a particular way where it just goes straight up? Mm. Yeah, it looked like his was a little bit better, but it looked like the same play. It was a lefty, and then the lefty, and oh, everyone lefty. just goes yep. and not, not if no, nope, everyone stops laughing, they're just like, oh, shit and then John just looks at me, just and John, he does, he's not like an exaggerated guy, so you'll see like this, like a nut like a look alone not. So he's sitting by himself at dinner. I go to talk to him. Uh, breakfast the next day, I, he's sitting by himself. Ah, you know what? You know you don't want to bother the guy. You, you talk to zero off the night before. He he, he pulls his tray and he sits up next to me in breakfast and we pick up the conversation. So we have two conversations. And then when I moved to California, he's like, hey, I love the video you've been doing for like YouTube, Yvar Varsity Sports. Why don't you come on to LMU as my director of operations. Um, you only have two jobs, fill all the games and practices and give me four things you like about and four, uh, practice and four things where uh, you think we need to get better. Cause you knew I was, I've been coaching tw- uh, indoor for 21 years. And he's an indoor player, he's an NCAA champ at Pepperdine. He played with Sean Rooney. So 33, Patrick, how did I get my feet in the door? 33% was just right place, right time with John Mayer. And the, and the other 66%, I reach out, I talk to some people. And it, and just like the podcast, you're either interested or you're not. It involves a lot of luck. Okay, because De'Ron could have been like, no, I'm all set. And Duncan could have not made that phone call. I just came from being lucky. And like you said, uh, uh, Gordon Park spoke at my at my graduation, said, be prepared for luck. Uh, for the people listening at home, my is in acting. Volleyball uh, uh, opportunities sometimes can be compared to acting where um, the best person doesn't always get in the door. Meritocracy only takes place after you get in the door, right? Yep. And then you get to run the steps. And then, like volleyball, either you win or you lose. You're either good or not. I mean, oh, that the, oh that team yeah. was screwed up, but it doesn't matter. Either They don't care. Either you win or you don't. Mm-hmm. So how I got in I, was... Uh was luck, but I used the fuck out of it. Look, LMU became WCC champs the the, the next year. So I did my part. I was part of that, right? Um, uh, Endless Summer Beach Volleyball, we lead the country in in recruitments per capita. We have four girls going to USC, two Long Beach State, one Arizona, and one GCU. So I did my part. (laughs) And being fifth in a country on a startup program with Evolution, I did my part. (laughs) So I hope that answers your question.
1: No, no, it, it it's, it's absolutely what I was hoping to hear from you mm-hmm. because I remember you and I used to get into some arguments. Of course. Discussions, heated, about why people were and weren't getting their shots. And this, the, the reason I asked you that question is to bring it back to what we are talking about about vo- vo- volleyball and
0: equality. Yep. We've come a long way. We've come a long way for me to say you're right.
1: Yeah. Um, and I remember back then... And I'm gonna paraphrase this. I remember back then, you're like, "They just don't want someone like me." I'm like Jay, that's not what it is. It's not what it is. They don't know you. They didn't know me. I mean, Carl France opened up a lot of doors for me.
0: And you um, were prepared for luck.
1: More, 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 more than more than I can ever thank the man for. Period. Yep. Funny thing is, I always come back home. I always come back to CMSV. This is, this is my third stint with CMSV. I was head coach, 11th in the nation by the time I walked out the door. Left, uh, did D2, did two D2 teams, went to City Tech, my alma mater, coached them, went back. Yeah. Um, I think
0: Eater became a good coach because of you.
1: I, I don't know if Eater became, I think, I think he was just Eater. He won
0: coach of the year, two years yeah. after you.
1: Um, but he also won Player of the Year two years after I left City Tech. So I don't think I don't and there's think, only don't there's think, only
0: four people that have done that.
1: Yeah. So so I don't know I don't know I I will never attribute Eater's success to me. Okay. I um, that. I think Eater's success is Eater's success. Right. And I appreciate you saying it that way. But. And and I I knew why back then you. You fought against the idea that it, it, it's got to be more. It comes back to the meritocracy thing. It's like, I busted my hump here in New York. I've done what I needed to do here. I've put in the work.
0: I took it as far as I could
1: go. Yeah. And, and, and part of you took it personally. You know, it's like, why? Why not me? It's my weakness. And, and I think that that's, that's everyone's weakness. I think that that's just a, a human weakness. Everything becomes personal at some point. And and ca- until because your becomes escapism
0: personal. becomes your your when it becomes your career, it hurts. Yeah, it fucking hurts.
1: Or or when it's just your life in general, bringing it full circle. Because I'm looking at the time, and and my friend is going to be really mad because I'm going to be super late, but um, super duper late. Uh, but bringing a full circle all the way back to where we began the conversation today, please. Right. Meritocracies work when you're in the door. African-Americans have never been in the door. Amen. When we got to the door, it was slammed in our face. When Mm. we jammed our foot in the door, you stubbed it with a hammer. When our bodies were halfway through, you found reasons to punch us in the eye to get us out. Now that we're in the door, you're trying to kick us out. And as a society, as a people, when you get abused systemically over and over, when you get told to your face that the person next to you who looks exactly like you is not someone you can trust and you start to believe it, you are wounded, you are hurt. And just like anyone in this world, just like anything in this world, when you are wounded is when you are most dangerous. You will attack because it is either fight or flight. And we have tried running away enough times.
0: There's nowhere else to now run.
1: now fighting is the only way we know to survive. There's
0: nowhere else to run.
1: Exactly. Yeah. In terms of volleyball, African Americans are slowly catching on to this sport. Caribbean Americans have always held on to this sport.
0: I learned from. I'm them.
1: Caribbean. I'm Caribbean American first. I'm American, of course, born and raised in New York City. But the first seven eight years of my life, I was in Haiti. English wasn't even my first language growing up. I didn't. I didn't speak English. So I came back to this country you'd never know
0: yeah it's true yeah but they're coming
1: i grew up watching soccer i grew up watching volleyball i have family who were on the haitian national team family by marriage
0: Yeah, of course that's
1: i have friends who are on the haitian national team they all live here in america they're all americans
0: why do you think the East Coast indoor scene is, such, is so fierce? Our immigration population.
1: Dominicans, Haitians. The Russians. Macans, Russians. Polacks. Polish, Brazilians, Mexicans, uh, Chinese, <sighs> Korean. That's our whole youth scene.
0: Our whole youth scene is Chinese.
1: If you look at, If you look at New York City as a whole, we have never been a homogenous volleyball scene. We are made up of the tableau of the quilt that is the melting pot of what America has always been.
0: Think, right? but,
1: as soon, but as soon as that melting pot enters something homogenous, we are immediately looked at poorly. That's no different in society. You could bust your tail, get a master's degree from Harvard, be a kick-butt, nonstop, unabashed fighter of the people, and still be called an ape because you decide to wear a sleeveless dress. While your husband, the president of the United States, addresses the people. Yeah. Some people who were who were listening to this thought I was talking about Obama. No, I was talking about Michelle Obama.
0: Yeah. I remember. Yep. How oh, dare them?
1: And people are making comments about her dress and her showing off her arms because, you know, it makes her look like an ape. Ooh, look at her.
0: And if someone says that don't, you, don't, don't people realize that we still have a long way to go?
1: Exactly. I don't, I don't condone the riots. I don't, I don't think looting and destroying property of our own helps further our cause. Because a lot of the people that are being disenfranchised right now by the looters and the rioters are our own people,
0: mm-hmm. unfortunately. In our own neighborhoods?
1: In our own neighborhoods, nonetheless. But I know where it comes from. I know where that wellspring came from and it's not it's not a wellspring we want to drink from but unfortunately it's dousing us we are soaked with it because
0: it's water from it a poisonous well
1: held, it was held down for so long and now people now people have got to see it i mean look at paris look at germany everyone sees it this movement is no longer just about George Floyd, as his daughter said, standing on sitting on Stephen Jackson's shoulders. My father has changed the world, but her father had to die to do that. Is that fair? Is no. that right?
0: No. no.
1: No. Dane Blanton has changed the world. The way he did it or the way he's about to do it, I think, because I can see him being phenomenal at USC. That's a we'll shine a spotlight on the ability of a man of his caliber to not just lead, but improve. And once we start to see those little nuances of what we offer to people, if they accept it, awesome but don't look at it don't look at it as it's the anomaly it is the norm there are more people like this in the world than you think yeah especially coming from a guy like me
0: someone told me when dane was coming up his older brother was even better than he was i don't i don't know i can't confirm or deny that but but me neither
1: um, i I, you know. I i i would i would i'll if, if I can dial him up, I'll dial
0: him up the ass. I, I mean, on a local scale, I, I'll give you Greg Romulus in the 90s, okay? Oh, he, oh. he holds the record for most kills in the match. Um, 61. 61 for 98 people. Only five errors. That This is rally now. This is not side out. That will never, ever be broken, okay? Keep dreaming. Um, but who was the better Romulus? R- was Rudy or was Ru- Rudy? Uh, or the oldest brother?
1: Rudy was better. Rudy was better. Rudy Rudy's and the, you, if you, Rudy's if you the best Greg, blocker. Rudy's better.
0: Ru, well, you ask anybody, Rudy's better. Rudy's the best blocker <laughs> t- to ever come out of NJIT.
1: If you ask Chris anybody Mose, that, that knows Chris the Roblox family, Tariq, they'll say no, but Tariq, of, better.
0: No, but all of those people that's, Tariq, um, I'll, I'll just go with NJIT. Uh, Chris Mose set for them a little bit. Um, all of those people were like, he's the, he's, as far as intelligence, not just not just a, a, some some brother that could jump high, but as just intelligent and reads and and when to leave early and this and that, I at the world class level, you can you can name them on one hand, maybe Gustavo from Brazil, maybe um um uh, Italy had uh, Gracchi, who was a pretty good middle blocker. Craig, the U.S. You have to go as far back as Craig Craig Buck, Craig Buck or David I Lee. Think I Doug think David I Lee's think an intelligent
1: I think Doug Partee. I think Doug Yes. Super Might ahead. have been Super no insult to Ryan Millar, no insult to Max Holt. I will say that Doug Partee was probably the best middle hitter blocker the U.S. national team has ever six, had. 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. Exactly.
0: 6'4". Yeah, the outside in the apple that had, that had the same height as him. So, Pat, listen, I know you got to go and I got to go, but I promised my friend that I would get something from you but I'm gonna make the question easy and consolidate it. He's trying okay. to be a better outside hitter. Either, either teach it or or practice it. I want you to give oh. him give me three oh. three important things that an outside hitter should know or 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 do. Uh, is that a long question?
1: <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. Outside of the technical stuff, we're talking about the metaphysical stuff, right? We're talking about the intangibles, right? Let's do it. All right. So, of course, you got to put in the time and, and, and the work in the gym. You've got to get technically strong. You, as an outside hitter, will never be satisfied. Ever. There isn't a set out there that will be to your liking. It does not exist. No. You will use. You will use your approach. And I'm quoting you, Jason, because you were the first person I ever heard say that the right way. You will use your approach to correct a bad set. If you do not have the tenacity and the wherewithal to understand that you will never get the perfect set all the time,
0: just accept it. You will,
1: you will never be a good outside hitter. No, it just doesn't exist.
0: No, it's not a glorified position. That's a facade. That's a, that's a, that's 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 a that's a head fake.
1: Oh hell yeah! Oh okay. yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's, it's right. Yep. Ah. Um. Two, better be ready for probably every bit of chastising and every bit of blame. Uh, Though the setter is the quarterback of the team, the outside hitter is equal to a quarterback on a football team because you will get every set. You will get every bailout set. You will get every in-set tempo, every set in tempo. You will get every set out of tempo. You will get every junk set. You will get what was it? I had seventy-seven attempts in one match. One, 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 one match. I think it was against either Ramapo or USMMA. I had something like seventy-seven attempts.
0: It w- eight, no
1: eighty. It was eighty attempts.
0: It was um, eighty attempts. I think it was Ramapo, and it was four sets, and that went to four sets. Four sets. Because that was side out.
1: Yeah, and we lost in three.
0: Lost uh, three had, to one.
1: Yeah. yeah, we lost in four. Yeah, three one. And I had 80 attempts. And those attempts were never in the same spot. <laughs> and <laughs> I had to learn how to take good shots and not just swing away. I remember Chi yelling at me one time saying, either you're going to get blocked or you're going to learn. And I looked at her, I snapped, and this is in a match. We were playing New, New pulse actually. We were up at New pulse, And I snapped my neck at her, and I tried to give her the, the, the side-eye, evil mom-eye. And she goes, that will never work on me. You're either going to learn, or you're going to get blocked.
0: The last of the power women, man. Hmm, they, don't, they don't make them anymore like that. So that's um, the that, second thing?
1: That's two. Three. Lead by example, and not by words. Put in the time. Be the first one in the gym on game day, jump serving 100 volleyballs out of the bin. Be the last one out on game day, with your coach, with your teammates, playing doubles. The only way you get better is by wanting
0: mm-hmm.
1: and having the passion to get better. If you don't have that, everything we've it's just tough, discussed.
0: It's tough to be an outside hitter and have that and not have that. That's the everything life, that's the we just discussed will
1: feel like weight on your shoulders. Everything we just discussed will feel like you are being crushed because you feel like the world is on you. This is a sport, this is a game. It's simple, it's difficult to master, but it's simple. And if you put in the right amount of time, if you put in the right amount of soul and heart into it, it does not matter what goes right or wrong in the match. It does not matter what goes right or wrong in the play. You knew that at the end of that sequence, you, your brothers and sisters on the court, everyone in the stands, left it in that moment. I like that. That's time to go to the next.
0: I'd like to finish with my three, and it's really, it, it, this takes 60 seconds. One, your first step is very, very important. For those of you that use a four-step approach, uh, right, left, right, left, you you start that, that first step the same time it touches the setter's hand, so that allows you to jump sideways if you have to, allows you to speed up when the set is low, allows you to slow down if it's high and jump inside if it's inside. That's one.
1: Two. If it's a first tempo set.
0: Yeah. for Yeah. Out of the four-step approach. Uh, two. Um, do serve practice serve receive as much as you can because you might be in an offense where you, the other outside hitter is better than you and they need uh, uh for for balance of power like Jiba and Dante and like Reed and Riley Salmon or Carchin League. <laughs> um, one player has uh, to be the best passer on the court and the other has to be the more explosive one.
1: Okay, or Carchin so, or Carchin Aldis. Yeah. They never served Burzon, they served Coach.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but think about Jiba and Dante. Can Jiba hit? Yes. Mm-hmm. But but his role was to be the court leader and the best passer on the court. And Dante was the yep. more explosive one. Reed pretty and Riley Salmon, right? Riley Salmon was the best passer on the court at six foot six foot one or gracious, gracious at six foot one. So Prepare yourself. Practice serve receive all the time and make sure you're inter whatever system in you you fit as an interchangeable player. If you need to be the more expo- explosive player, know your role. So that's that's the second thing. Um, three, have a shot you can always rely on. Sometimes the, the game is 20, 24 t- Sometimes it's twenty four. <laughs> when tensions get high and butt cheeks get tight, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Hit line. Hit line. Cross body line. Tool that fingertip. Tool All that right. fingertip. Break the break the pinky ring. Break that, the pinky <laughs>
0: ring. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Patrick's shot. So, as an outside hitter, make sure you have something I call a default shot. Sometimes yep. many times more often than not, you're going to be out of system. And when you're out of system, you're losing your court vision and you're, you're losing where the block is and you're losing the, the, the stacks, the, the stack blocking switch or the blocking scheme. Have a shot. That's always there from you need it. When you need it, practice it, use it as your focal point and then scan away from it. So those are the three things I got.
1: So I'm going to tell the story and I hope, hopefully Jay, uh, I'm sorry. I know I'm late. I don't It's already done. I got but
0: another file in. I'm good.
1: So, so, and you remember this because we we're playing Do at John Jay. <laughs> no. It was the year where you were the associate head coach, and I can't remember what was going on, but I was standing in the middle of the court, and she screams out, "Who's passing?" <laughs> yes. And I throw up my arms and I throw my arms and I got, I got this. Yes, by myself. So if you're an outside hitter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I work footwork platform. Those are the three things in that sequence: eye work, footwork, platform. Yep. If your eyes are bad, your feet will be bad. If your feet are bad, it doesn't matter where your platform is. <laughs> <be> a
0: hot <laughs> so, mess.
1: Eye work. I remember that game. Footwork, platform.
0: I remember that game because Victor Abrigo, who was your other outside hitter, was not there. And we had a roster of nine people. You had Tyson that was in class, couldn't get out of class. So you had six people. And Chia's like, who the hell is serve receiving? So you're missing your oppo because there's no Libero back then, who's like your third string passer, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but you and Victor ran a two passer system. So Victor yeah, and you. Much. So Victor is not there. And nobody wants to go back. Nobody, nobody wants. I don't know if nobody's thinking about it, but I didn't think anyone wanted that sauce. And you're like, who's back there to pass? And it was just you. And they served you the spot where you weren't. And you literally dived. You dived. I <laughs> dove to my far right. Yeah. Passed
1: the ball. The ball had to be at least 10, 15 feet
0: off
1: and, the net. And, and, and Alex, Alex Filetto, I love, to, to this day, Alex Folletto will be the greatest setter next to Ronnie Lot I have ever played with. Runs <laughs> under that ball. He sees me pop up and I scream, "Set me!" and he, and he puts the ball floor. floating into the net from back row, <laughs> and no one, no one on John Jay's side jumps, and Mom do screams, "Are you crazy?" Yeah, and I decimate this ball in the middle of the court, and I turn around, I go, "Hey, it's game time." Yes, and, and I, I will never forget that because that was that was it was one of those things where, and she said this later on. Uh, and I think every, every volleyball player should live by this, by this motto, especially if you're a team captain, especially if you're the person looked to lead, look to be the leader, at least your teammates will run through the wall for you when you do things for your teammates. I never thought I was a good teammate. Uh, I just thought I was a jerk. Um, but a lot of my teammates from then have come back to me and said, nah, man, we loved you. We we, knew what we knew was going on in your head.
0: I can't even think of a tighter kn- I mean, they're they're look, volleyball in general, these teams uh, become emotionally invested and they become tight nip. Tight nip. But and I'm not talking about levels. I'm talking about fellowship. I can't even think of a fellowship better than City Tech, except for maybe Cal Northridge, oh. where Greg Faulkner, like Faulkner, Marty Lorenz, Ty Trambley, all of these guys are still still mad tight. But nothing, nothing. And not, maybe this, this is a East Coast love thing. Like, <laughs> out, out, listen, out here they they go to play pickup. No, but Patrick, you're out biased. here, no. Here here's where the rubber meets the road. And on the West Coast, people want to play volleyball. They meet up, they they have a time, they play, and when they're done playing, they bounce. May maybe they'll get a drink, maybe not. East Coast, we go to play pickup. If it's in an on a grass court, we bring a fucking barbecue, we bring food, and then after that we go to a bar. If we if we're playing in Central Park, we go to a bar and after that we go clubbing or yep. karaoke singing. The um yep. every fu- at summer, summer it's basically every damn night as long as it's warm. And then I come here and I'm like, so what are you guys doing afterwards? I'm I'm going home, or I'm going here. I'm like, oh, <sighs> Okay, <laughs> so why do you think I like I, Greg so much? Greg, Greg, and I set a time Greg, in our head. Yeah. Monday, Jay. Yeah. Monday, we we singing here. We're going to Hennessy's. Jay, yeah. Tower Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Tower Twelve. We We're yeah. here. So so big up. So but Gre- that's why I Gre- use Greg as a comparative. Greg.
1: Love Greg. Love no, but that's Greg. why I use He's, him as a
0: comparative yeah. because Northridge. Yeah has that love, that that emotional mm-hmm. investment in each other. They got that, they all about that love like City Tech was. So I um, had to plug I know, them in. I
1: but, know for us, I know for us after we played in Central Park, we we would troop. We would go to 70. We would go to the 72nd Street McDonald's. I would have my notorious eight burger racks. Yes. <laughs> and then we'd troop.
0: Go to Grace Papad. Straight Papai. down Broadway.
1: All to the way to Washington Square Park. Yep. <laughs> we walk all the way down to Brad Park And then we hop on the train to go home
0: Ladies and gentlemen like, That is how you cool down You do that <laughs> You get some fucking junk food And you walk from 72nd Street and Broadway To Washington Square Park Square Which is basically 4.5 miles Okay
1: um, that's, that's a cool down listen, That is a cool down Or we would turn around and go to the Upper East Side And go to Danny and Eddie's Or we go to the parlor
0: how about Solas on Monday? How about... Solas, how about Solas on, on Monday Thursday?
1: nights. Yeah, I the mean, Parlor
0: was our sponsor. Well, the Parlor was our sponsor. Uh, uh, yeah. for New York Urban for, we had, uh, Big yep. Mario you and me Mario Kenny um, Eater Dive and, Bar for a little bit Abdel.
1: Dive Bar was our sponsor for a little bit
0: yep Dive Bar is a very good they were very good to volleyball as was Blondies very good
1: to us um, uh, Atomic Wings uh, plugging
0: yeah. in all these places that were really good to volleyball When volleyball like it's expensive to play in New York but for the mm. guys who didn't have a lot of money men and still be working professionals and playing this professional league professionals league would turn into a professional league uh, big up to them yeah. before we go plugging in some people who were saying hi to you Tavar's bynum said um uh, <laughs> let's serve as fake volleyball that's what he says um, <laughs> um yesenia remember that dominican girl who i think she um yesenia yesenia yeah um, mm-hmm. she says jason yes, patrick big hug nice to see you big hug junior garcia
1: down in va doing his thing with his club junior
0: junior garcia former big head coach of-, of lehman college Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, big up battles to battles. Yes. He says, he says hi to him. So it's all right. So listen, that's it, man. We took it as far as we could go. You got uh, things to do and I got places to see. Um, Actually, I'm gonna go get some lunch out here, man. You guys, you came after lunch. This is my lunch. Uh, Patrick Dietz, listen, for all of you watching at home, for all of you on your tablet uh, standing online at Starbucks, for all of you watching this on your iPhone or on your Android, for all of you watching this on your desktop, for Patrick Daddy Dietz, I am Jason DeBase, and I say so long. I'm going to hit my music. <laughs> going to hit my music, and we're out. Check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify, and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports handle. You're going to love what you hear. Okay, ending.